0: You don't see two little eyes and ears? No, because I'm pretty sure she'd either be... She'd be frozen. She yeah. won't move. So. Not hissing at me like Kathy. Oh, she's not a hisser. You've named the cat Kathy? I thought that was a, a typo. No, no. I've actually named the damn cat Kathy. Because <laughs> the girls call her Catty. So I said Kathy. Right. Like the mom that. with the big hair that always asks to speak with the manager.
1: Oh, fair. Yeah. Yeah
0: most people are like that is an awesome name for a cat i'm like isn't it (laughs) kathy the cat (laughs) kathy the cat okay you ready yes ma'am let's do this
1: And welcome to the newest
0: episode of Rabbit Holes Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Elise. And I'm your other host, Andy.
1: And welcome to this, our 19th episode, our last episode of the year. Yes. We are looking down the barrel of 2019.
0: Yes, ma'am.
1: Hopefully it goes a lot better than this year went. (laughs) Yes. Oh
0: my God, please. (laughs) This year was not a great year for, you know, people with a soul. (laughs) No, no, it really wasn't. It was. (laughs) I am sorry for my husky, sexy voice that I've got on the go today. My children are Petri <laughs> dishes, and I've lost my voice.
1: She's yes. lying. She actually works as a sex phone operator on the side, and she's just got to readjust. That is true. That would be the greatest. <laughs> twist. Yeah. It'd be the greatest twist of podcast history. <laughs> so our show today is a look back at 2018 mm-hmm. and the things that caught our attention throughout the year. But before we get to that, Andy and I meant to get together earlier on in the week uh, before Christmas to uh, record an episode, last week's episode about Christmas, uh, but then Andrew's Petri Kids. Petri Dish Kids. Petri Kids also works in this situation, that got involved. True. And so we had to record by distance, so we didn't have a chance to see each other before Christmas. I know. So happy late Christmas.
0: Happy belated Christmas to you. There we go. There we go. So
1: uh, one of the things we didn't get to do was exchange gifts. So. I know.
0: Very and excited. mine looks a little bit more
1: worse for wear now. <laughs> um, no, it looks awesome. It is just pictures of John Ham all over a box. Yeah, it doesn't need to be anything. I don't care what's in it. It's just pictures of John Hamm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I love that I found this one, which is "Merry Christmas." Here's a nearly naked John Hamm in a Santa hat.
1: That's all a girl needs. Yeah, really. And we have a whole bunch of red carpet John Hams and baby driver John Ham. Yeah, and Don Draper Don
0: Ham. Yeah, who is where I fell in love with John Hamm. And the hand bone. Yeah, I, I didn't have any actual, like I meant to put some packing tape yeah. on top of it to sort of like laminate it,
1: it a little bit. Oh, don't worry. When I laminate and frame it, it'll, it'll look good.
0: <laughs> but then I couldn't <laughs> find the packing tape. So I ended up having to use like Elmer's glue. Right. C- couldn't find a glue stick. So it's actual like... Because you have children. It was care. almost, it was this close to glitter glue. I was like, well, if I can't find the white glue, <laughs> then I'll have to do glitter glue. That would have been fine. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be like the time you borrowed my copy of uh, The Girl uh, with the Dragon Tattoo. And yes. you got to that really brutal rape scene. And it was full of glitter because I was using a Christmas card as a bookmark.
1: It was really disconcerting. Like they were trying to bury Elizabeth alive. And all of a sudden I'm like, what the fuck? This page is covered in glitter. <laughs> this is the weirdest publishing choice I've ever seen in my life. But I appreciate it. <laughs> and then it turns out, no, Andy was just. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I was using a Christmas card <laughs> as a bookmark. Yes.
1: So can I open this? Yes, please. Ooh, very exciting. See, because the cats didn't get me anything this year. They're assholes. They are. have to
0: protect the paper. This was actually the first gift I wrapped.
1: (laughs) Because we were supposed to see
0: each other last week. True. You did all your wrapping last week. Yeah. You and I are very different people. (laughs) Um, the year, not well, not this Christmas, but last Christmas, we didn't do any, hardly any wrapping until Christmas Eve. Oh boy, that bit us in the ass. I like, think we were up to like three. <laughs> I think it's a pony.
1: Ooh. I know what it is, but I'm interested to see what type it is. Ooh, oh, this is
0: cute. And they left a the price. I got it. You did, but that's okay. <laughs> they did. <laughs>
1: Uh, Andy very kindly got me a bong
0: <laughs> So she could be a grown-up Yeah, smoking her weed
1: Instead of out of the Perrier bottle That I've been using and trying to hide from my neighbours So I look less ghetto <laughs> Which I mean, damn <laughs> Now I look all classy, I don't know how I'm gonna do <laughs> Ooh, that's a nice long uh, yeah. bowl for that too Well, thank you very much, Andy
0: You're welcome I now
1: get to be a responsible drug user
0: Mm-hmm I'm all about Ooh. making sure you're a responsible <laughs> drug user, apparently.
1: What <laughs> a class you wanted that. It's purple mm-hmm. and it's nice. I like it. Thank you very much. Welcome. Now I'm going to have to learn how to use it. Because, I mean, the Perrier bottle is very straightforward and simple. And for you,
0: I have these. <gasps> Two of them. Well, <gasps> the only is- one's for you. Okay. <laughs> Aw. I did have a card for you too. Aw, you didn't have to do a card too. I will bring that home for the
1: girlies. <laughs> <laughs> it's Aww. for the cats. Oh, that's very sweet from Kathy. <gasps> Kathy the cat.
0: <laughs> it's my spirit. Yes, Anna. it's Dorothy from <laughs> Golden Girls, which is after watching a. YouTube compilation is where I discovered I've gotten all of my sarcasm from
1: exactly, so yeah. when I was looking at like which of the Golden girls' uh, funko pop figures to get you, I was like, well, it has to be Dorothy because Andy is Dorothy, yep, yeah. just thirty years earlier, and yeah. uh, not living in Florida with a lanai. that is true, and
0: I- I'd like to think that I'm a little less manly than B Arthur,
1: but B Arthur was a handsome woman. let's she not be. Was. let's not joke and kid ourselves. <laughs> So yes, now Dorothy can look over you at work, or that's at it.
0: home. Probably be at work.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what about the other one, though? Oh. I was gonna let the girls open that one by
0: that. They wouldn't appreciate it this time. Sure. Year. Although, it's so funny. We figured we'd be opening presents forever, because with- last year with Victoria, Elizabeth, it was just like, she wanted to play with everything she opened, so yeah. it took forever. Well, Victoria, no. No, no. Just keep them coming. Just ripping them through. Because that's the game. Yeah. Again, the game is young. <gasps> Legendary ladies, nice, love more it.
1: Feminist centric. There's no actual
0: image, so you don't have to show the. Mic. I know, but <laughs> that is true. Sorry.
1: <laughs> but more storybooks for young ladies to learn about strong, powerful women in the worlds and get awesome role models.
0: And they're all goddesses, which is awesome. Yes. Thank you. Feminist and my love of mythology exactly Mm -hmm. oh my god and it's not just like western-centric mythology too it's worldwide mythology nice yes i uh if there's ever a little girl you're gonna buy something for um the rosie revere engineer oh yeah and the stem sort of it's really cute
1: i will add it to my amazon list
0: that's what i do now i have like an amazon
1: ad for shopping cart for later save for later and it's all full of like Feminist
0: style gifts for the little girls in my life. Yeah. The Rosie Revere Engineer. The Ada Twist Scientist isn't as good. The Rosie Revere Engineer is... Storybooks? Yeah, it's a storybook. It's Ooh. just short, but really cute about like she's becoming an engineer and her great, great Damn. Aunt Rose was a real dynamo who helped build <laughs> airplanes a long time ago. Right. As you could tell, I've read this. Yes. Do you have it already? Yeah. The girls have it. Oh, so okay. So it's like if you're looking for someone like... Right. My cousins. Your, and yep. Yes. For their little ones.
1: I will clock that and I will keep that in mind It's <laughs>
0: <That's> very cute
1: <laughs> Well thank you very much for my gift I love how I Yes the uh, I have lovely house We're recording once again in my uh, walk-in closet And I have lovely house cleaners Who come in every couple of weeks And they refuse to throw anything out So instead of throwing out the bottle cap that Andy dropped The last time she was here They just put it up on the counter <laughs> uh, In a passive-aggressive Throw-out-your-own-damn-trash-Andy kind of way <laughs>
0: I just laugh at the fact that, obviously, I was here with a cherry Pepsi the last time I yes, was here, too.
1: exactly. And uh, the cats, for some reason, didn't take off with it, because bottle caps are their jam. I know. That's usually the cat. Cats meow. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> hi Uh, So, let's get into the show for this week. We're doing things a little bit differently. Andy and I have kind of came up with large themes to represents the the last year's worth of news and events and we're going to kind of trade off back and forth between each other looking at what those
0: events are but hey if my like maybe if the year hadn't been such uh a weird year personally as well Mm -hmm. we wouldn't have decided to do this how so well maybe we wouldn't have taken that leap and been like let's do this you mean the podcast podcast yeah like yeah yes the podcast like
1: yeah this year, yeah you're right this year was weird
0: yeah like personally it was really rough yeah the, like middle part of it but and mine was just all over the place
1: with a new job and like having to readjust and be an actual professional employee instead of somebody's bitch in the office so yeah <laughs> i say bitch i was the bitch i was given the, the yeah No, know i know, no, I know. <laughs> and that's me now <laughs> yes exactly I mean, hey, I was the Andy for the two years that
0: you were off on your... I know. Your baby tour, so. <laughs> I have no memory. Like, not, not, not no memory of it, but, like, I am so friggin' useless right now with memorying <laughs> anything. The cleaner, our new cleaner, who is awesome and very, like, relaxed, she texted me today. She's like, are we still on for tomorrow? I'm like, oh, yeah. Uh, and she's like, and by the way, you didn't pay me last week. And I'm like... Fuck. Yeah. There's a few weeks for my cleaner how to do that, too. <laughs> She's like, I'm really relaxed about this. I'm like, Clearly. you can just also remind me because I'm a really forgetful human being. Because yeah. I have like now at, um, at work, I have reminders every Friday it says pay right. Um But I wasn't at work this week. Oh, right. So. Gotta move that shit into your phone. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't use my but.
1: So really the idea for this week's episode came from a tweet that I saw um, where somebody was like, hey guys, 2018 was so fucking weird that this was an Olympic year. And I read that and my jaw fucking dropped. I totally forgot. It took me like a good two minutes to like retrace Olympic history to figure out if this was A, in fact true, and B, if it was true, where it happened. I could not for the life of me. And that's weird because you know me, I love the Olympics. Like it is... Again, for someone as out of shape and as hateful of the outdoors as I am, I'm am like a giant nerd for the Olympics.
0: I know. And you're not a sports fan otherwise. No, like, but like, like curling, you some NHL.
1: I will treat like Olympic level curling as Canadians treat NHL playoffs. Like it's it's bad. I my, I wiped out during the Sochi Olympics on the day where the men's gold game was going for curling and literally watched it in the ER waiting room. As my like knee joints were like and like falling apart, and was like really bummed that I missed the gold game.
0: You're like, no, no, doctor, you take somebody else.
1: <laughs> well, I needed pain meds real bad, yeah. so we're obviously gonna go that far. But like, really, I pvr'd it, so I was able to watch it from home at least later. But it was so like Olympics are big for me. So the fact that I could not remember, especially a Winter Olympics year, it was really indicative of how nuts so you know. this year has been. So. That's where we're starting today. Just a little bit of a a reminder of world events and the Olympics, which happened February 9th to 25th in Pyeongchang, South Korea. It was probably the diciest Olympics politically in quite some time. The North sent Kim Jong-un's sister down as their delegate. The U.S. envoy wouldn't even make eye contact with them. Like, it was really awkward during the opening ceremonies because like the president of south korea was sitting there and the americans were on one side and the north south the north koreans were on the other side and like mike pence was pretending the north koreans weren't even there it is mike
0: pence in all fairness
1: he is like an awkward robot i'll give him that but like it was right after the whole like fire and fury bullshit that came out of trump where everyone was like oh there we go that's whether the nuclear war is gonna start Saying stupid shit like that in front of everyone got it so it was really dicey and it was really ugly and on top of all that, Russia was just officially excluded because it came on the heels of the whole doping scandal. So Russian athletes were allowed to participate, but they were quote Olympic athletes from Russia instead of Russian athletes. And there was only a few of them. It wasn't. It wasn't the normal large contingent, but no. it was still sizable. But it wasn't yeah. the normal size. It's a lot of NHLers because they have to go <laughs> through the yes
0: the whole process.
1: Uh, North Korea did participate in this Olympics, which usually isn't a given. It's hit and miss every couple of years they'll come. Uh, But they sent a huge delegation this year and a huge delegation of cheerleaders. I don't know if you remember seeing them, but they were really unsettling to
0: watch. I didn't watch a lot of the Olympics this year. Like, we hardly watched anything. And we usually, I don't even know if we watched that much hockey, to be be honest. Like, we normally watch a lot more. Sports people, yeah. No, but, like, these cheerleaders were creepy, like.
1: They were all the same heights. They all had the same haircut, They would sit in like they would take up giant like blocks in the stands, and like cheer for just the North Korean athletes. But they had handlers, so it was really obvious that like no one was gonna make a run for it out of fear. There was new sports at this year's Olympics, including big air snowboarding, mass start speed skating, and mixed doubles curling, which I never really got into. It's a shorter, faster game, just two people. I prefer the big teams, but.
0: The one thing I hate about, um, the Olympic coverage, like it's hard to PVR what you want. Yeah. Because. Just giant blocks. Yeah. And I kept missing the snowboarding because that's all I watch. Mm. Uh, like Dan watches hockey and stuff. And for me, it's most, more snowboarding, especially women's snowboarding. Right. And I really wanted to check out the big air mm. and, uh, cause a couple of the slalom and the, uh, slopes, Style, so where they do like the jumps and Mm -hmm. they do the rails and stuff, the wind was really fucking that up for the women. Yeah, so they didn't get half as good of a day as the guys did. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to see they they tried to delay it, but they couldn't delay it. Yeah, too much, too much because those judges had to go and do something else. Yeah, the next day, so they had to do it. But yeah, I do remember the snowboarding.
1: See, because I got rid of my cable, no longer problem. CTV had a great like online streaming. Uh, Platform for the All the Olympics, and you can like pick out your sport, and you don't get any of the annoying commercials. Like, you would get the banter from the uh, commentators when the regular feed was off on commercial, they wouldn't shut off the mic every time. So, you'd pick up some of the the background bad banter, which was actually pretty funny sometimes.
0: But Uh, the one thing you did miss though, because you didn't get the NBC coverage, which was Johnny Weir and Tara Lipinski doing the color commentation for the Uh, for the figure skating. True, but I follow Leslie Jones on Twitter and Instagram and
1: I got her color commentary (laughs) and it was (laughs) Peribo. To the point where, like, they flew her out to do color commentary with Johnny Weir and Tara
0: Lipinski for the last half. (laughs) I'm sorry, Johnny Weir should, like, Canada should just hire him. (laughs) Please, because he's much better than Scott.
1: What's his face. Yeah. Who, like, also, seems to have like Paul rutted it and he's like stuck at a certain age. And I know. He's not getting any. Yeah. 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 I guess this whole like be healthy and skinny and active thing might actually pay off. I know. <laughs> Jerks.
0: As I jerk my Pepsi.
1: <laughs> uh, the last new sport for this year was the mixed team alpine skiing, which I don't remember. It's like track and field, like it's just all these like random mini versions of like the same thing and, and like at a certain point you're just like i just want to watch someone whip themselves down a hill at top speed and again my whole comes back to you would your mother be uncomfortable watching you do this yes then you shouldn't be doing it that's what alpine skiing is to me it's it's terrifying
0: also really terrifying. luge and skeleton
1: yes let's whip ourselves down a frozen track on a lunch tray with skate blades on it like Clearly a Canadian with, like, social health care came up with that at some point, I'm sure. <laughs> or what, the one that really makes me uncomfortable is the couple, like, the two-person luge. Oh, so yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, enjoy my dick in the back of your neck for the next 30 seconds. <laughs> As you basically,
0: like, you do with your body, but you're also, like, sort of clenching your butt cheeks to move. Yeah. So it's like, yeah.
1: Well, the guy on the bat, like, literally his dick is, like, in the other person's <laughs> neck. Like, it's a dude. Like. <laughs> You, begin, you must be really good friends at a certain point. <laughs> yeah. Because I know what your dick and balls feels like. I know. Right. But not like a fun sexual way.
0: <laughs> like in a spandex hugging, Uncomfortable. Oh, we might please die. don't fart because we'll die sort of way. Exactly.
1: So the top three countries uh, in metal count, keeping in mind, again, that the Russians were officially out of the deal. The top three countries were Norway with 39, Germany with 31. And good old Canada with 29. Woo! (laughs) Uh, So, fuck America. (laughs) That's pretty much who we just compete with. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much. (laughs) So, that is the end of the fun stuff that happened in the world. Uh, I hope we all enjoyed. And really, it's telling that, like, we stopped having fun in late February. I know. That's when the good times stopped rolling. And then the shit just hit the fan. So, the next thing to talk about, sadly enough, is the Parkland shooting. I normally wouldn't kind of focus on that but it was a really big important event that spawned a massive cultural response so the shooting itself happened on valentine's day february 14th Uh, 17 people were killed students and staff faculty and a dozen were wounded i won't name the shooter Uh, i just don't think we need to give him that respect and power He was a 19-year-old former student with behavioral problems, however, and there were certain red flags that went up about him, which I think is the really sad part. probably could have been prevented. What made this school shooting stand out, and I think it's very sad to say that we now have to say that this one stood out, they're so common, is the response from the survivors. They began to push for gun control reform, and they're making progress. It's slow, but it's still progress, and it felt different right away, and it's remained different throughout. preceding 10 months and those kids are just I think it was the first or second episode we were talking about them and like I want to be them when I grow up
0: (laughs) yeah the the response from that is just so different that we have to talk about how a school shooting stands out but I remember like Columbine oh yeah like I remember watching that I was home because I was done my first year at university because it was 1998 it was April so I was done Mm -hmm. my first year at school um, at post-secondary and I remember watching that as the coverage happened live because that's was big in the 90s yeah. right like the helicopters the it was new too like
1: it didn't have like 24 hour news cycle yeah and like
0: size they, scale the school shooting at the side that size and scale was so different yeah. and it felt different for a way that it really impacted a whole generation and mm-hmm. i mean now it's something sadly that we've become uh, far too accustomed to right um but it's something that you know i think of you know when you think of large mass shootings it's for us it's Polytech. uh
1: the polytechnic
0: you know which was happened way before both of us were born mm-hmm. but we still we still remember that yeah um columbine parkland and i know that there's hundreds in between that sadly yeah but uh those are the ones that that stand out but parkland to me is the only one
1: where there's been something good come from it yes like like i said it's slow progress and it's painful progress but it's progress nonetheless and those kids just came out swinging like from what I read about the school, it was kind of a unique school in that they put a large focus on kind of humanities and oratory skills and stuff like that. So I think that has helped give yeah. these kids a sense of self-possession and, and ability to go out and communicate effectively. And then just this complete perfect storm of the Me Too and Time's Up movement where people are finding their voices for the first time. The women's march that happened in January after the inauguration of he who shall not be named President Trash Monster, as I like to refer to him only. Uh, so it just seemed like a perfect storm for this, these kids to come out and just lay down the law and say enough is enough. In response, there's been worldwide marches to support their efforts. The NRA
0: is bleeding money at this point. Oh, yeah. Which, Which, I mean... <laughs> That is different, too, because like, we think of uh, NRA and we think of gun states. We all think of Texas. Mm-hmm. But Texas has nothing on Florida for its guns, mm-hmm. for its support of the NRA. Yeah, for That's where the NRA tests most of their policies. Yeah. If they fly in Florida, then they sort of roll it out. Which, for them to be making this battle and making any sort of headway in a NRA populist state. Yeah
1: shows that there's a real changing winds like the prevailing winds are starting to change um the nra this year has lost uh, a lot of money a lot of membership they've lost face they're arguing with these kids on twitter and these kids are owning them every single time like it never goes well for the nra but they keep taking swings at these kids and they keep like falling short it got so desperate they named oliver north as their president and oh, kids, if you're too young to remember Oliver North, he is just, like, America's dirtbag from the 90s who used um, CIA money to fund a coup that resulted in civilian deaths. Like, Oliver North did not retire from government service with a good record. <laughs> like, I,
0: mean, I think for the NRA, it's part of that shift started to happen after the... Um, Newton. Vegas. Yes. Because then you had a lot of, like, Country music, you know, your redneck, your sort of like even the country music musicians were like, you know, we we already we always were like gun pro Mm -hmm. gun, and now we're really changing our stance. Yeah. So you had that again in your core base. Yeah. That change starting to reflect, and those people coming out publicly with those, you know, famous public voices going, "Well, we we've taken all the guns off of our tour bus. Like we we personally have handed in our NRA cards." Yeah. Like you have people that are already starting that discussions at that sort of high level and it started to trickle down mm-hmm. and now you've got these kids that are like, what the fuck? What is it going to take for you people to wake up and realize we're dying and you could prevent this? Yes. Like that kid should have had his guns taken away from him. Oh yeah. You should you never know. have gotten them. Never should have gotten them. them. <laughs> um, you can't drink, but you can own a yeah. semi-automatic. Yeah. But you can't own a handgun. Like what the yeah. <laughs> what kind of fuck up shit is that? Yeah,
1: yeah, it's all over the place Um, I think the next year is going to look really interesting with the new House of Representatives down in the states the yes. Senate is still Republican but the House of Representatives is firmly Democrat and it'll be really interesting to see what gets pushed through in response to this kind of shift in power and what these kids can continue to do David Hogg just got accepted to Harvard Bunch of really far right wing Fox andistas came out And started making fun of him for getting Admitted now instead of last Year but I would like to point out He still got admitted to Harvard yeah. Where did y'all do your education Liberty University Phoenix Online Like what are we talking here <laughs> like, yeah. So awesome. uh, this is a story To keep watching it's going to get uh, Real interesting I think in the next year And I hope these guys Just go through and raise the entire establishment down to the ground and fix all these problems i mean the kids are going to do it if the adults have never been able to let the kids give a shot at it yeah i know you might as well (sighs) they ain't gonna fuck it up any worse yeah exactly uh next on our crazy train through world events uh we come to korea so uh, during the PyeongChang Olympics, like I said, the North Korean delegations did make some overtures to the West, and it resulted in March in South Korean officials noting that the North was willing to negotiate with the US to lift sanctions, including hints at denuclearization agreements. So at this point, I remember on tw- being on Twitter saying, Mueller, now's your time. <laughs> like, let's, let's drop some indictments and get rid of the, the toddler in charge so that he's not running the show at this point. Did not happen. Uh, In April, North and South Korean leaders met in the DMZ, which was the first meeting between the two of those leaders specifically, and only the third time that the state heads had met since the end of the war, which Andy talked about in a Remembrance Day episode. So if you want a pod in history, go listen to
0: that. By the pause in the war, because that war has never really ended. Yes. There was never never a peace treaty. I
1: don't think it was technically a war either. I think it was classified as a police action. Was it? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, So that was in April, where they met. In May, the North reports that it destroyed one of its main nuclear testing sites, but they didn't allow any inspectors to confirm, and the world media called BS. In June, Trump and Kim Jong-un met in Singapore, while the world waited to see which one of them would get us all killed. Surprisingly, we're still here. I know. Analysts following that meeting suggested that Trump got hosed, and I tend to agree with them. The resulting agreement between U.S. and North Korea was pretty much toothless. The North Koreans promised to stop its nuclear program, and the U.S. agreed to halt military exercises or training, also known as war games, in the area. In fact, satellite imagery in the preceding months shows that the nuclear operations continue unabated in North America, however... North Korea. In North Korea. Thank you. However, the American war games were halted. And I think that's a real dangerous precedence to set. You have to maintain military readiness at a yeah. border that could flare up at any moment it literally takes one drunk north korean to shoot off his weapon willy-nilly into the south and pff, it goes up again i know uh, in august the international atomic energy agency's annual report on the application of safeguards in north korea came out and it stated that quote Continuation and further development of the DPRK's nuclear program and related statements by the DPRK are a cause
0: for grave concern. So. (laughs) But at least they're not warring actively with each other on Twitter. So there's no, like, hands over the button. So we've cooled a little bit. They're still still... doing their shit. Yeah, and that flares up
1: every so often. The new uh, Secretary of State's not the sharpest bulb in the box, but he thinks he is uh north korea doesn't actually tweet it's still trump out there running That's his true, mouth yes. so hey uh
0: muller anytime <laughs> yeah and it's like jesus just stop saying the libya model there is no libya model <laughs> exactly the libya model makes the north koreans very nervous Just so stop saying libya look what happened in libya <laughs> yeah look what happened to gaddafi they don't want that to happen mm-hmm. to their like supreme leader or whatever yeah. the daily did at least one good episode
1: on that if yes. not a couple
0: so. Yeah, it's like shut up,
1: just 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 stop saying like Take <laughs> Libya out your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> shut the fuck up.
0: <laughs> I watched Austin Powers recently. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, back when Mike
0: Myers was funny.
1: <laughs> Next stop on our crazy train through world events is uh the attacks on journalists. It's not one, it's unfortunately a long-term trend that's gotten a lot worse in recent months. There's an organization called Reporters Without Borders, and they released some pretty sad statistics earlier this month. Between January 1st and December 1st, 2018, at least 63 journalists have been killed for doing their jobs. And this is a 15% increase over last year. If you include all media workers slash citizen journalists, that number jumps up to 80. 80. And there's an additional 10 deaths that are being investigated to determine if they were directly linked to the victim's reporting.
0: Mm.
1: So of those 80, 49 were deliberately targeted because, quote, reporting threatened the interests of certain people in positions of political, economic, or religious power or organized crime. The most dangerous countries to be a journalist this year were Afghanistan, Syria, and Mexico. In addition to deaths, 348 journalists were being detained worldwide during the same 11 months, in which China was the worst offender for, quote, non-professional journalists. So people expressing an opinion online. Mm -hmm. While Turkey and Egypt lead the way in jailing professional journalists, when you add Iran and Saudi Arabia to those three, you have the countries where the majority of journalists are being imprisoned. Of course, the most famous case is that of Jamal Khashoggi, whom everyone but the Saudis and President Trash Monster acknowledges was killed in Turkey by Saudi personnel, probably at the orders of the crown prince, who has been running a slow burn coup for the last year and a half or so. No dictator likes journalists. They're tasked with digging up dirt. Their job is to bring everything out in the light to let the electorate decide on who should be in charge. So just a A little bit of a tip here. If you hear an elected official railing against journalists or journalisms, you're dealing with a tyrant. Yeah, It is like one of our coworkers asked me, Hey, Lisa, you have a history degree. Now that president trash monsters in office, what do you think is going to happen? I said, the first thing he's going to do is going to call for his political opponents to be jailed. And then he's going to go after the media. Look what he did. (laughs) It is the tyranny playbook. Yeah. So my last big thing to talk about, and these are just the, the big highlights. Obviously, we've whittled down our list considerably, and I think this is going to be a pretty long episode. But yes, <clears throat> the next one to talk about breaks my heart, and it's the National Museum Fire in Brazil. No. The yeah. National Museum of Brazil. Brazil Fire. There we go. So in September, the world of natural history took a serious blow when Brazil's National Museum was built to the ground. Burnt to the ground. Burnt to the ground. What did I say?
0: Built to the ground.
1: Burnt to the ground. <laughs> Uh, it's expected that about 20 million artifacts have been destroyed, and that's 90 percent of the collection. Fire broke out around 7:30 on September 7:30 p.m. on September 2nd, at which point a group of museum staff, technicians, and students ran into the building to try to save what they could. Uh, they assume that they have lost approximately 700 Egyptian artifacts, a royal Hawaiian feather cloak that dated back to 1824. And the remains of Luzia, who's the oldest known hominin to ever have been found in South America. And that's just...
0: A tip of the iceberg. tip of the
1: iceberg. Some naturalists have built their entire career on studying moths, for example. Their entire collection that they were using is no longer there. So... The initial cause was under investigation. I didn't find an update. It's either down to an electrical issue or a paper hot air balloon that landed on the roof. I don't know what that means, and I don't know.
0: So, you see those, like, they, they put the. They use little commercials a lot. Like, they have the little lanterns.
1: They um, light them and
0: they fly up. Right. They look really cool, but they're actually really problematic right. because they can do things like start fires like that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, just if they land in hay fields, they can start massive massive fires so they look really cute but they can actually travel a pretty good distance and so uh,
1: dear pinterest please take this off of your page that people stop using them at weddings funerals and family reunions
0: yeah they're they're actually really and then sometimes they're made of plastic and then animals can eat them it's just it's just really bad scene bad scene yeah
1: so while the actual kind of spark, if you will pardon the pun, is still up in the air, uh, a lack of funding and neglect for the cultural importance of the institution was certainly a contributing factor. This museum was in a really old, old building that needed mm-hmm. continuous re- revamping and updating. However, the museum hadn't received its full annual budget of $120,000 for four years. Last year, from the government, last year it only received $13,000 for operating. Oh my good lord. For operating. There's only 10% of the budget. Like, the budget's not huge. No, the budget's tiny. And, but, like, that's just for the building. Like, I'm assuming they have probably links to universities to fund certain positions and stuff like that. But, like, still, it got so bad that they tried crowdfunding to make the repairs that they needed to the exhibit hall that had a termite infestation. And they couldn't even get that done. Oh, good lord. So, nobody in Brazil, like, they were able to put on this massive multi-billion dollar Olympics a year and a half earlier, but to actually preserve their cultural history that's important for the entire world's understanding of self could not be
0: bothered. Yeah, well, that's pretty par for the course for a lot of people.
1: Yeah. So now they're saying there's um, a re-generation kind of generation of interest in this area, and so they're expecting to get more money and millions of dollars to help with the rebuilding, but you're never going to get back the value of what was lost. lost. No. Yeah. So So that is my tour through uh, the world at large as a whole.
0: Wow. It's kind of depressing when you think about all that lost
1: (coughs) culture. Oh, as a historian, that's what killed me. Like, that was one of the worst stories of the year.
0: And I think that was a me who was like, the fire in Brazil. I was like, how did you miss that one? I blocked it out emotionally. Uh, Well, glad to know that our Museum of uh, Nature here is... Nice. and. Mm-hmm. They've been doing a lot of renos here in Ottawa at our museum. Oh, it's all done. Dan worked on that.
1: They're... Oh, okay. Well, yeah. then
0: they're done. <laughs> yeah, they gutted got to be inside of the building. So the exterior of the building is original. The interior of the building mm-hmm. is all new.
1: Nice.
0: Yeah. So it actually has a vapor barrier, sort of.
1: Oh, Because smart. it's stone, and yes. stone needs
0: to be very humid. But all of these exhibits, especially with fossils and bones and stuff, that needs to be very dry. Yeah. So they actually had to create a buffer in between that's like Mm. to control the two climates. Mm, Interesting. Dan's probably going to listen to this go, that's not right. And I'm like, well, that's how you explain it to me and how I remember it. Well, then
1: Dan can start his own podcast.
0: Yes. (laughs) Corrections to the the things my wife says.
1: Or building with Dan.
0: (laughs) Building with Dan. (laughs) Which, by the way, I have an electrical question to ask him later, but we'll get to that off mic. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm doing uh, Canada uh and uh you'll have to bear with me because my computer ate some of this i have the world's biggest lemon of a it has never worked you took it 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 out of the box
1: and it just coughed i know you've been
0: trying to fix it ever since (laughs) such a piece of junk for an apple an imac so uh canada uh that's where we live obviously so it's very important to us and the biggest thing that i think happened eh, most people would say this year is pot
1: yeah
0: um October 17th, Stock Canada become one of the first countries to legalize um, cannabis. Two months later, the world, uh, the world has not ended and reefer madness has not taken over. So we're all okay.
1: I still go to work stone yeah. cold sober.
0: Yeah. And I justify it based off of your
1: weed mom yeah. story and that I'm not having a bottle of wine when I get home from work and I only do it on Fridays. So it's fine.
0: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, most people state that there's, like, actually very little change. Yeah. Right? Uh, so what has changed is that you, that perception, so you no longer have to hide, but you can do, I, I've noticed, like, the smell of weed is way more prolific than it used to be. Oh, yeah.
1: I work at a university downtown, and I have to walk to my car about 10 minutes through student housing areas. Oh.
0: You get a little, like, a bit of a contact eye. It's hot hotboxed. <laughs> so they no longer have to hide it. So... Um, the first two weeks, um, Canada purchased $43 million in cannabis. I did my fair share of that damage, yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> most of that was online since there's not a whole lot of stores mm-hmm. open yet, depending on what province you're in. Um, and here's a look at who ordered most. Ontario tops that list. We also have the biggest population, population yeah. uh, with 11 million. Quebec, 10 million. Alberta, 5.6 million. Nova Scotia, 4.5 million. BC, surprisingly only 2.3 million, but they're probably still.
1: I was going to say they still had a
0: bit of a stash, so they didn't need to buy the legal stuff. Exactly. <laughs> New Brunswick, 2.1 million. Uh, Newfoundland, Labrador, my home, uh, 1.7 million. PEI, 1.4 million. And Saskatchewan, uh, 341,000. Hmm. Again, I'm assuming they were growing it already. So (laughs) it's a flat country. None of what sales data was unavailable. Manitoba, Yukon, and Northwest Territories withheld it over privacy concerns. But if you're thinking of like, which province purchased the most per capita Mm -hmm. would be PEI. Because they bought $1.4 million worth of weed but that has like a teeny tiny population. Yeah,
1: for like the forty six adults on the, yeah. on the islands, like that's a lot.
0: <laughs> that is a lot of weed. And we'll just pause for the train to roll to roll through, through the village. Thing. Yes, he's done with the horn. They just have to blow it as they go through the cross. So the biggest issue with uh, cannabis has definitely been the low supply. Yes, my favorite was I was I don't know I was listening so I don't have a reference for this in the show notes but I think I was listening to or reading somewhere and I was like. Uh, uh, a government official was complaining that um, they were really misled by their sources with how much weed people buy. <laughs> and I'm like, so those criminals lie to you?
1: <laughs>
0: Shocker! <Okay. laughs>
1: also, like, my exa- like, I've never bought illegal weed because I wasn't cool enough who to-, to know who to get it from. Yeah. All of a sudden the government's who I get it from, so I don't need to be cool.
0: <laughs> well, also, like, um, not that I was cool enough to know, but I, I personally we, we had... Some weed that was probably not. There was other stuff in it. So now you're weed. now you're hearing with stuff like fentanyl's in weed, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, no. So the last X number of years, neither one of us has been comfortable. Just we randomly. really didn't know anybody, and also not cool enough to know where to get it. But it's also like, don't <sighs> want to risk it. Don't want to risk it. Like uh, a lot of our, um, it was grown by somebody's dad, so we right. kind of knew where most of it came from. Yeah. So. Yeah, we were never cool enough. Now, at least we know that it's, like... It's know, clean. It's clean. There's not going to be, like, fentanyl in it. Yes. or Because I remember... Oh, my God. My mom's going to listen to this. Uh, <laughs> when Dan uh, was in university, and we... There was, like, five or six of us at the house, and we smoked one joint. And I don't know... There's probably only one other time in my life that I've been that high. And there was a... It wasn't a very big joint, so you know that there's was not all it. weed. Because we were all, like... This is really, like, potent. We're super high. (laughs) Probably hash.
1: (laughs) Instead of actual straight weed. Oh, my God. I don't know what was in that, but it was not just weed. And my problem was, is the times I've tried it before, I had no reaction to it until the good, clean stuff.
0: Yeah. It's the only time I've ever had any sort of, like, fun reaction to it. So... Uh, So they've they've been having a lot of supply uh, Mm -hmm. issues.
1: That's Um, why I have so much of it, because I read a New York Times article that was saying, like, Canada has run out of weed a month into it. And I was like, holy fuck. So I hopped online and I bought a tremendous amount of it, like a couple weeks in a row. And so my local postmistress must think I'm a huge pothead because I have to go in and sign for it every time. And I'm just like, it's the last one. I promise. (laughs) Mom, I
0: promise. For a while. (laughs) For a while. (laughs) So, the Ontario cannabis store has already been hit with a security breach. Yep. Um, which prompted the privacy watchdog to advise uh, people to use cash to buy cannabis. So, as stores open up, mm. um, just because with still other countries not being okay, we're sort of leading this way with this. You don't know how it's going to shake out yeah. in the end. So, Well, the privacy, even our own
1: government, like even the our Conservatives, were saying, like, we don't really like this. We're looking at reversing it. So, I'm worried of like this handmaiden's tail style government's gonna be cracking yeah. down on us low level potheads who only smoke on like Fridays and Saturdays and like,
0: yeah, fuck. <laughs> and that's the problem, right? Like, so it's like, well, we decided to do this, but now, and it's like, well, that's all good to say to buy cash, but most provinces you can only buy it online, so yeah. And yeah they're talking about opening stores here in ottawa but like it seems like it's going to take forever the um oh, what is it called the friendly stranger down in toronto i don't mm-hmm. know if you've ever seen it it's on mm. young or queen it's this it's always been this head shop okay um and i remember going in there when i was like a teenager and visiting toronto for the first time and um so you could buy like uh cans that look like pepsi cans but they were actually oh, like yeah, yeah. you know you screw them off you hide your weed and stuff like that they're uh branching out so they're gonna try to open 17 they're trying to get approved license to be like but they're a store that already knows all about pod they sell all the stuff they can help you they can give you that sort of like okay what kind of high are you looking for what kind of they can be like oh this is a caramelly taste is like they're sort of like wine connoisseurs in that way right they can give you that information so hopefully uh the i think it's the friendly stranger will be coming to a uh community near near you community near us Um, so they want to open, I think it's like 50 stores in the next two years or something. Right now they're just one store out of Toronto, but they've been there since the 90s, the early 90s, Mm. maybe even the late 80s. So they've been like situated, they're a fixture, Mm -hmm. they know what the fuck they're talking about. (laughs) Um, so it's still too early how it will affect the country as a whole. You said like the other... I think it's gonna be harder for people to reverse it though, once it gets up and going and it's a good income stream for tax revenue. See, I would have said that,
1: but for the fact the last few years it seems like people are willing to that is go true. against self
0: interest for political That is true, yeah, tribalism. Depends, I guess. It's like if they can pull up this. This is all of your conservative people who buy pot.
1: <laughs> yeah. <And> or <laughs> Here is this, I won't name his name because I don't want to get sued, but provincial leader who is a suspected hash dealer from the 90s. Like, how much is he going to try to run from that and so be the anti-pot I
0: know. Dude! (laughs) You know how good this is for us.
1: You allegedly sold hash out of your mom's basement in the 80s and 90s, so sit down and shut the fuck up.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And also, like, right now, there's lots of other countries that aren't happy. Um that we've done this mm-hmm. the u n right now um is looking at because they they see it as us letting down our part in the war against drugs, and uh I think as Trudeau signed some sort of agreement mm-hmm. with, in the u n with and it was like looking at drugs overall right pot to me is very different than heroin or coke or yeah. fentanyl like mm-hmm. it's a very different dragon, let's say yeah it, you know so I think everybody needs to. Cooler jets.
1: Right. Maybe try some.
0: Maybe try some weed.
1: <laughs> Compare it to the feel you get after half a bottle of wine. Exactly. See exactly. that it's not the biggest thing in the world and calm the fuck down. Like it's not a gateway drug. Like I'm mm-hmm. so it's like I have absolutely no desire to go out and snort meth or put heroin in my veins at this
0: point. No. At all. I, you know, I smoked pot when i was uh in an older like my older teenage years and my college years um because i don't drink i don't really like i don't uh, I, I don't drink i don't really like mm-hmm. the taste of booze right now in my older years it gives me really bad heartburn <laughs> so i tried to finish like a or um, a screwdriver at the christmas party this yeah. year dance christmas party and i had like heartburn like three quarters wow. of the way in and i'm like <laughs> i'll just stick with like water or just coke or something yeah. like, no i can't do this and uh but i never had any any indication like i've never wanted to take ecstasy Mm. i never felt the need to do anything more than some weed
1: i don't even drink at all except for i've had like maybe three glasses of champagne in the last 10 years because champagne is my exception to the no alcohol rule because champagne um because i don't like feeling out of control i love nothing more than coming home after a really long week smoking a bowl, eating a chocolate bar, and watching, like, Bob's Burgers. Because, like, I don't completely lose my shit like I do with alcohol. You're still, like, I wouldn't drive. I wouldn't operate no. machinery. But, like, if my one of my parents called, I could have a conversation with them, which I would not want to do drunk.
0: <laughs> oh, no. And, like, to me, also, you know, if you don't smoke, if you stop at your one bowl, mm-hmm. You're sober within, like, you know, a fairly short duration. Oh, yeah. It takes you hours hours to get alcohol to get out of your system. Because it's a poison. It's a literal poison in your system. Like, you know. With fun side effects. The whole weed mom thing is is Mm -hmm. funny, but, like, we don't smoke so much that we get messed up. But I know that if the kids wake up at 3 a.m. and some shit's going down, we can deal with it. Yeah. Because we're sober by the time we go to bed. Yeah. Or pretty damn close to it. She's mm-hmm. very sleepy because we don't sleep ever. So that was the big, and that was like a happy news. Like, yeah. we all can be happy and everybody can toke if they want. And
1: Everyone's super chill now.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> we're Canadians. We were pretty super chill to start out with. <laughs> Except again, if you're my three-year-old going, Mommy, why are we stopped? I'm like, well, the traffic is stopped in front of us. But why? <sighs> Go faster, Mommy. It's a school zone, sweetie. <laughs> so? Three-year-old and she has real rage. Uh, so the next uh, one is not as happy. The sort of second biggest news in Canada this year would be the Humboldt crash. Yeah. So the bus crash, um, for those people listening uh, in Australia and Norway and stuff, so uh, you may have heard about it because I know it did make some worldwide news. Mm-hmm. So April 6th, there was a bus crash um, that left 16 people dead and 13 injured. It was a a junior hockey team, so all of these people were uh, aged 16 to 21 um, with six team personnel, so the coach, the trainers, that sort of thing, and 13 injured. And it really did, um, well, it shocked the northern city, uh, northern Saskatchewan city of Humboldt and really all of Canada and the hockey world. Um, This crash affected the whole country, not just because of the high number of deaths, or the age, but because this is every parent's nightmare in yeah. Canada. Uh, so the community and country really came together and raised over $15 million. And what probably is, I believe, is the largest GoFundMe campaign ever. Hmm. Um, so right now they are settling that. Uh, yeah. So they've just... Dis- the disbursements. The disbursements. All of the families of the deceased get, I think it's a little over $500,000. mm hmm and then the survivors get i think it's 473 and then whatever's left over after the gets split amongst the survivors right the trustees put together their plan to the Saskatchewan courts mm-hmm. and then the judge decides that yes that seems fair and that seems to be the way that they're going to rule right they already gave out um, 50 or 60 thousands to all of the families um, of the deceased to help co- cover funeral and stuff costs. Mm-hmm. Um, they had given those out earlier, uh, I think, in the fall, right. because those families needed those costs covered. Mm-hmm. Um, so now they're just finalizing that. But, you know, there is some changes that have been made, and uh, now they have to do a mandatory course for truck drivers for safety. That truck driver we got charged with. 16 counts of dangerous driving causing death and 13 counts of dangerous driving causing bodily harm. Mm -hmm. And his court case is right now on the works. Mm -hmm. And it was just adjourned for the holidays.
1: Right. And the trucking company had previous safety complaints against them. And
0: they've shut down, but they have reopened under another name.
1: And they had done that a few times. Yes. Yeah.
0: Uh, so yes and that
1: intersection where it happened that was like high collision intersection like again another perfect storm that everyone saw coming and if they had done a little bit of due diligence in advance ounce prevention worth a pound of cure type
0: thing yes would never have happened so now there's a bunch of regulation changes Mm -hmm. and safety changes coming down the works because of this Mm -hmm. so the next one is more funnier than sad I think it's our original, so Canada's original political spat with Saudi. Okay. That started with the tweet. The tweet heard around the world. Why do our current leaders feel the need to tweet? I
1: President Trash Monster did something like this month, and the news report was in a policy uh, announced via Twitter. I was like, Twitter does not <laughs> announce policies. It's not where you do it. This is so dumb. Twitter should shut down. Twitter should have seen that highlight, like that that line, and just go, you know what? No, we're terrible. We're doing horrible
0: things for this world. Shutter it down. I know. Just like that person that shares too much on Facebook. Yeah. This should not happen. So, I mean, for years, Canada has been putting pressure on human rights in Saudi Arabia and usually, like, I mean, it's not the first time we've said, yo, guys, you really suck with your no, human rights.
1: We didn't come out of left field on this one. No.
0: And, uh, but apparently this all changed last August. Again, August. August is a big month for us. <laughs> uh, when the Canadian complaint was translated into Arabic and set off a diplomatic. Wow. So this was, uh, before everybody else got on the, Ha huh, Saudi is really bad with human rights. Right. Bandwagon. Um, so all it was, was we said, hey, you should release civil society activists, activists. Um, and then they were like, no, that's it. We're severing diplomatic ties, trade ties. We're pulling out all of our doctors and our residents. And, uh, all we said was we just called for the release of two jailed Saudi human rights activists.
1: That's all. Pretty overreacting situation there. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> I think it's all down yeah. to this MBS guy who's trying to be seen as a progressive forward, modern thinking leader out in public, but in reality he's still got the old Middle Eastern um, tyrant style power. Like, when I say he's been running a slow burn coup, he had like the majority of the royal family, like the minor royal family arrested and held at the Regency Hyatt uh, Hotel uh for like a year it became a high class prison for family
0: well yeah and and this is the first time that like everybody's like oh my god they're cleaning up corruption they're finally arresting the royal family members
1: that's what happens in a coup because the old corruption gets
0: replaced by the new corruption yeah wow they're letting women drive look how progressive they are oh boy
1: but the original original... women were arrested the first like four or five women
0: who were driving and pushing for it ended up getting arrested Yep. So very so the original tweet was translated into Arabic by our embassy in Saudi and then sent out to its measly 12,000 followers. So it's really not even Mm-mm. that big of a following.
1: And I'll bet you 11,500 of them are media outlets. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the reaction from Saudi was swift. Uh, hours after the Arabic tweet, the Saudi government released its ambassador, barred Canada envoys from entering and placed a ban on new trade. And it just went like, and it just blew up. To this like comical proportion, yeah, and nobody had our back, no. And now everybody's just like, "Oh, those Saudis are horrible." No shit. I'm sorry. We said that back in August before they killed somebody. We've we been saying that for quite some time. Yeah, in fact. Because <laughs> we had this discussion about like um, doing business with yeah countries with human rights, bad human rights, and I was like, "Well, Saudis always had bad human rights," and you're like, "Well, not as bad as they have now," but I'm like, "I always thought they were just as bad as China." It's about how they've presented it
1: to the mm, world. That's true. So, like, China just doesn't care. It's, it can be a self-enclosed market. It owns so much of the world's debt that it can do really whatever the F it that wants. That is true. The Saudis have to play a little bit more ball because of where they are regionally. They're a regional ally to the states. So they play ball, and they make it look better.
0: But you're right. Like, at the, the base of it, it's it's still pretty terrible. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't understand I mean, the war in Yemen, at least they finally released the blockade so people could get food, but it's like I'm sorry, what were these people doing that were good? Yeah. So yeah, that was our first foyer into a political spat. Foray. Foray, sorry. Foyers (laughs) are entrance halls. (laughs) It built, not (laughs) burned. Good point. (laughs) So then that sort of blew up and then blew back down again. They ended up Um, not pulling out all of their doctors and residents which was very problematic for especially in the sphere that I still work in yes Um, a lot of not so much the organization that I directly work for because it didn't really affect us but some of the other organizations that are in our uh, network in our network were really like holy crap what are we going to do because there's a lot of well, a lot of uh, residents. There's a lot of doctors. There's a lot of of uh, Saudi nationals that are in our healthcare system. That really losing them very abruptly would have would crippled us. Crippled our healthcare system. Well, I work at a, a university, and international students are
1: bread and butter. Gold because you can charge them through the waze when they pay for it. Especially the Saudis, like they don't care about the cost if they're coming internationally, they'll pay it. So there was a concern across all the faculties of what if we lose all of our Saudi students, and it happened in August, so September, start date, we didn't know what our registration numbers were going to be. And then I sit on a board for um, a regional rural hospital, and the concern was if all the Saudi doctors get pulled, that means some of the the students and the residents that we have out here who aren't Saudi nationals would move into the city, See? and we would never be able to attract, like, because no. we attract people out here, forty-five minutes outside of a major urban center, because there's a, like, the the positions are full in the city. Yeah. If all of a sudden positions become available in the city, why are you going to drive forty-five minutes to work? Like, you're going to yeah. stay. So everyone was like really anxious about what was going to go down and what was going to happen, and luckily they pulled back a little bit on the crazy.
0: But geez, Louise especially with the trade and stuff because i mean we're still selling them arms don't even get me started (laughs) i mean with a lot of this then all of a sudden we started hearing from saudi parroting back some of this language that the trash monster keeps talking so uh saudi first so a lot of again uh, nationalism
1: yeah right yeah populist
0: movement populist movement um if you're going to criticize us we're not going to play in your sandbox anymore well that's not how the world works but sadly that's how we're moving towards it kind of works for them because they have all the oil that's true. <laughs> so that was our first spat with them and now everybody's fighting with them because well they killed somebody in another country that isn't theirs in, a, in an embassy so yeah they're uh the hell did that go
1: and then had four stories about what actually happened and none of them
0: were believable oh god no they're all awful I mean, I don't understand. Like, I just don't get how people don't think that that's what happened.
1: But then, again- although let's be honest, everyone knows what happens. Everyone believes what happens. It's just a small select few of world leaders have personal financial vested interest in pretending it's not what happened, and so publicly they'll say one thing. That is true. Whereas privately, their international intelligence agencies are telling them something very, very different.
0: <laughs> like what? Just, oh. <laughs> Sorry, Come on, Muller. I know <laughs> so then we we go to our current political pickle with China. What do we do now? The rule of law we arrested oh yeah
1: <laughs> it's weird it's, this gear is weird.
0: <laughs> it is so for those I'm sure most people listening have watched some sort of news, so. The U.S. State Department had a arrest warrant out for a Chinese national who is the VP of Huawei, Huawei. thank you, I think. <laughs> a uh, cell phone tech company, Telecommunication. telecommunications yeah. uh, company, um, and because Canada, we are a democracy and the rule of law is, you know, the pillar to which our society stands, Um, we honored the arrest warrant and arrested Mm -hmm. the person whose name I will not attempt to butcher. (laughs) Not because I don't think she deserves a shout out, but because I just will butcher her name. Uh, So then that caused, again, another firestorm of political jabs, and then they detained two Canadians. Mm -hmm. Whereas their person was detained, quickly released on bail, and is now just basically under um, house arrest, arrest with a uh, security detail. Um, <clears throat> we have no idea where our people are um, because the Canadian embassies cannot get in contact with them. Yeah. They've basically disappeared, which is very scary.
1: Being arrested as a political dissident in China is not what you want to do. It's uh-uh. not on a bucket
0: list. Fuck no.
1: It's a little too Broke Down Palace for me. It's a little too Otto Warburton. I, well, Otto. I can't remember his last name. The North Korean situation.
0: So here we have something that we're like, well, we can't go back on this. This is a law. And then you've got President Trash Monster tweeting Morning, his little up. orange Cheeto crusted fingers about how he is going to release her to get better trade deals. And we're like, no, that's not how this works. Your Justice Department has gone through and done an investigation and is, wants, has a warrant for her arrest based on legitimate facts, yeah. not just because you want this to happen you so can't that you throw can throw get...
1: Canada under the bus, have us yeah. do your dirty work, and then turn around and go, well, I've screwed over my own farmers to the tune of a few billion dollars. Maybe I can get some penny- pennies back from them. Thanks, asshole.
0: <laughs> so right now we're in a bit of a pickle. Like, we can't go back. It's a rule of law. Like, that's, again, yeah, you, you the foundation of our society. Yeah, you can't vacate the arrest. It's yeah. It's been done. Now, what can happen when this comes to in front of a Canadian judge for her deportation, mm-hmm. the Canadian judge can look at it and will take these tweets in to weigh if this actually is a legitimate arrest warrant and legitimate reason for deportation and meets the canadian criteria in our law for her to be deported to the states Mm -hmm. because when that happens that judge could be like as much as this looks great this bunch of bullshit from the president leads me to believe that this is politically motivated and we don't do that so here's your passport back probably should go back to trying and stay there for a while yeah you know that can happen Um, So we'll have to see how it plays out. But right now it's a bit of a sticky situation because China sees us as the wink link. So they're detaining our people. They're not detaining the US. They're not detaining uh, British people. And again, nobody really has our back. Yeah. So we are following the rule of law, which most of these countries, that's the underpinning of our societies, Mm -hmm. we're supposed to. So it's like, thanks, assholes. Thank you. (laughs) Just
1: leaving us out there because we got so many olympic medals
0: i know they're all a little bitter well i mean like i get it uh france they have their own issues right now Oh
1: yeah <laughs> burning to the ground angela merkel's out in germany so there's a bit of a power vacuum there
0: yeah and then you've got spain's been burning since the 40s so yeah spain is spain uh, and then you've got Theresa may she has her own issues with brexit yeah, and yeah. her awkwardness and that cuts and yeah, yeah, like, so, I mean, I get why nobody has kind of got our back right now because they all have their own, like, much bigger issues. Yeah. But, like, uh.
1: But let's trace those issues back. Yeah. <laughs> they all land on a gold toileted child's monster, bone spurred, afflicted, but not really cretin.
0: and Really? is Brexit? Anyways. <laughs>
1: That's their own problem. Yeah, but that, that there's this growing, disgusting, gross nationalism. nationalism yeah, that's true. Blah. Can't wait for the boomers to die out so that goes away. Does it really? It's that generation.
0: I know, but I, th- I
1: think it's not they,
0: necessarily just that generation. I think they're
1: inflicting the current ones, like our generation and younger. But I think our generation and younger is far more outweighed. Like the the instances of those people in our generations are lower. And it's the older generations who grew up on the American middle class, American dream Mm. that think that that was real. It wasn't even real when it happened. Reagan dismantled that pretty quickly. And so they want to get back to what never really existed. That's true. And so they're blaming the immigrants, which classic tyranny 101, you always pick one group to ostracize. They took our jobs! Exactly.
0: Look that up on South Park people. (laughs) Or the history books, you know. (laughs) I think South Park does it, best. No (laughs) offense to the history books. So, also on the world is trash and burning, many years ago, we gave Anne Sansun of Burma, or Myanmar, Canadian uh, honorary citizenship for all of her work that uh, she was doing while she was under house arrest and all of those movements for peace. That she and won then a Nobel Peace Prize for yeah, that she won a Nobel Peace Prize for, and then in October, two things happened. Uh, Parliament formally stripped her of her honorary uh, Canadian citizenship for complicity in the for her complicity in the atrocities committed against the Burma Rohingya people, and I think in also in August they also called that a genocide. Rightly so. They named it a genocide, which is a big deal. The upper house. The Senate. Yes. Moved uh, following a similar unanimous motion in the House of Commons. So both just were like, yeah, no, no, we're good with that. We're stripping this this woman of her
1: Mm -hmm. uh,
0: honorary Canadian citizenship. We're calling this a genocide. And both houses have uh, the right to pass motions to rescind the honor. And this, she is actually the first person to ever have her honorary Canadian citizenship revoked. Well, it's because we're Canadians. We're
1: so goddamn nice. That's true. Yeah, I think that's a like, what she did while she was under house arrest, I will give her, was important work. But what happened after she got out I think demonstrates the difference between the ideological policies and the realities of politics. She got out, she became the leader of the country, and she had to play ball with the military power that was there. So she looked the other way on a lot of stuff. And she wasn't... I don't think she was out ordering this genocide, because that's what it was. But she looked the other way and she let them do it. So this whole... All the good works that she did that got her the Peace Prize and got her honorary citizenships and honorary doctorates from all over, completely negated by the absolute lack of backbone to stand up to the military powers.
0: And I get. Like, I want to see women succeed, but I'm also here to say you did a shitty ass job woman if you could not control your military step down and find someone who could because you're supposed to be a humanitarian this is a big thing to look the other way it's not like Mm -hmm. you're just looking the other way at them stealing some money or you know growing coke in the fields out back yeah like babies got thrown onto bonfires yeah like these people were fleeing into bangladesh that was their choice no one goes to bangladesh for fun no no one goes to bangladesh for choice yeah so i can't figure out what like where the
1: disconnect happened did she not want to be killed did she not want to go back to prison did she not want to go back to a house arrest like it seems like very selfish motives to look the other way for her own politics her own safety her own life which i get in terms of the safety and the life issue but if that's the case come to canada Go to the US, go to Switzerland, like leave, do your work from there, but don't look the other way on the bullshit happening in your own country, just to claim that you
0: get to be the elected leader of the country. Like at this point, like, I think I'd rather personally, and I know, you know, we live in Canada and we live in very cushy. I think I'd rather die than be like, yeah, let's murder all these people. And that's why I can't understand the disconnect between
1: all the good work she did previous and the the allowance of what happened like what what happened in there that got us to this point I, I, she's gonna have to sit down and explain that someday hopefully and, barbara walters is still alive in 20 years to ask but is it maybe just that
0: she also doesn't like the random people
1: who knows that might have been what happened <laughs> in that kind of before and after period like yeah. i don't know it, it's a complete like if you were to tell me she had a severe brain injury at some point and now no longer likes celery and smells Glade plugins and wants to kill. Like, th- that would make sense to me. Yeah. But but I can't
0: explain where the disconnect came from. So I don't know if anybody else, I was going to look up, if anybody else had stripped her of her staff. I know that they don't take no, Peace Prizes. They won't take it back. They won't take them back. Although maybe this will be the first time they do that too. Who knows? This would be a, a good one to start with. You know? Yeah. But, you know, something like this, this person won a peace prize and now she is tearing apart her own people in her own country. a genocide. Yeah. That is counterintuitive to a peace prize. Yeah. So on to a slightly, I'll try to to end on a slightly funnier note. Oh, good. (laughs) So uh, provincial elections. We had a bunch this year. We did. We got Ford. Uh, Trump North. As I yes. call him. But, you know, uh, we could be New-, New Brunswick, which
1: for a while
0: <laughs> didn't really. Skippy and then
1: lost him within
0: <laughs> six No months. confidence votes. And yeah, that's just a mess.
1: Yeah.
0: So nobody usually talks about New Brunswick. It was so funny because I listened to the Ad Issue mm-hmm. panel podcast mm-hmm. and they were talking about how, like, they were talking about the Quebec, because Quebec and Ontario had elections, provincial elections pretty close to each other. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so did New Brunswick, and they kept forgetting about New Brunswick, (laughs) but then when the New Brunswick uh, election happened and there was no winner, and they were all creating, like, mergers, coalitions, coalitions, and they kept voting each other out, it was just this sort of, like, three stooges effect. I think they have a leader now, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. Uh, Who knows? Uh, It's New Brunswick. No offense, New Brunswick, but... (laughs) Nobody cares them. My
1: uncle was a cabinet minister for New Brunswick for part of the eighties slash nineties. Damn. <laughs> yeah, he got out pretty fast.
0: I know it's like the Wisconsin of Canada. <laughs>
1: Basically. More maple syrup.
0: So yeah, <laughs> uh, there was a pretty big election in Quebec.
1: With the second worst name for a Canadian political party ever. Yeah, I know. CAC. <laughs>
0: Sorry, I didn't realize that, that was what
1: their acronym was. That's what it, how it's pronounced. Second only to CRAP, the Conservative Reform Alliance Party uh, from the early 2000s, which was a federal party that merged the Conservatives and the Alliance, and for a week and a half literally had the acronym CRAP <laughs> as their party name. And this was pre-Twitter, so it took them a week to figure out why that was a bad idea. But finally changed it. So uh, if you're keeping score, CRAP. Worst Canadian political party name, CAC.
0: Real close second. Wow, I don't, I can't even follow that up. <laughs> Good lord! But the... that's probably one of not it. It's not that in French so we
1: Yeah, in French is pronounced... <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: pronounced CAC. Even worse. It's
1: worse.
0: <laughs> um, <clears throat> that election gave us the beauty.
1: Um, sound bite though from one of the uh candidates that a family of three should be able to afford groceries for a hundred dollars a month who i i have two small children who barely eat anything and i can't feed i am one person i meal plan religiously and i spend a hundred dollars a week on groceries and that's all my meals breakfast lunch and dinner that's one person So, clearly, uh, this is a white privileged male who probably hasn't had to carry cash in quite some time. Or buy his own groceries. Do his own grocery shopping.
0: Damn, man. His wife probably hasn't even had to do grocery shopping. (laughs) Or she should probably have a podcast saying, correcting things my husband says. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, there's a real disconnect. That was a beauty moment of that election. And then we have Ontario.
1: With Ford. With Ford who very quickly turned around and decided the rule of law was not for him yeah you know i've just decided to take out some political payback on my former city councillors and muck around in provincial or municipal elections taking away uh informed sex education from the schools so my prediction there's going to be a lot of pregnant middle schoolers in the coming years what else it's bit of a little bit of a roller coaster, but in comparison to what's happening down south, it's not, not too bad yet. He's not a fan of the pot and the, the... Which is ironic, considering his alleged early career. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's only so many crazy people you can watch at any given time. And given that the North Koreans have nuclear capabilities to reach Ontario, that's what I'm focused on. But yeah, I've put in several calls to my provincial MPP to chew him out, and uh, he stopped returning my calls. Nice! So I have to take a drive down to Cornwall ask him what the fuck he's doing and why he feels he doesn't have to respond to his constituents anymore. I can't even tell you who my MPP
0: is, so maybe I should probably
1: look that up. Yeah. Yeah, I'll put in a phone call every time they do something really dumb.
0: Again, I'd have to look up who they are.
1: Yeah. No, I called them. I literally talked to his chief staff, his office director. I asked him... Oh my god, you're Kathy of the political... I am. I'm turning into my father is what's happening. (laughs) But I wanted him to answer, why do you think personally the Toronto City Council needs X number of seats instead of the current number? I want you to tell me why you voted that way. I am looking at a Hansard record that says you voted to support that bill, and I want to know why you thought that was appropriate.
0: Because you don't live there.
1: I don't want to know what your boss thinks. I want to know what you think and why you voted that way. This is the problem with living in rural white area, is our representatives are old white men, both provincial and federal. And I'm pretty sure the federal run is pro-slavery, just based off of certain public events he's attended. No joke. Literally, I wrote to our local newspaper saying, Dear MP, or Dear MP why are you attending an event that glorifies the Civil Union soldiers and recognizes their war efforts? Right after Charlottesville happened.
0: (laughs) Okay, I got to say, my people are slightly better. They're probably old white privilege, but they're just...
1: (laughs) This guy, if there's a camera, the the most dangerous spot in the province is between him and a camera.
0: (laughs) So he's the Jim Watson. Yeah, slash uh,
1: Jack Lawson. Like, it's terrible. He'll go to any, like, he'll go to anything that has a camera there. It's terrible. Sorry, that was my...
0: (laughs) And that is uh, Canada in a nutshell. Just uh, this, our highlights. Or our lights, maybe. <laughs> um, except, but we got pot, so hey, yeah. we can just forget it all happened.
1: Until um, Trump North decides to undo certain rules. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the next stop on this uh, summary of this terrible shit year is a look at what happened in the big news stories concerning crime and law. Because we are Canadian slash North American centric, obviously our stories focus on there, but just some things to touch on. And as I wrote this up, I got really depressed because it's all about really shitty men. So, yeah, there's a lot of shitty men. Join me on a whirlwind tour through proof that men are just trash. <laughs> so, first story: the Golden State Killer was finally caught. Between 1974 and 1986, a rash of rapes and murders was occurring in California. The perpetrator was known as the East Side Rapist, the Visalia Ransacker, the original Night Stalker, the Golden State Killer, and all of that, those names, was because no one in the state of California was talking to one another, and he was perpetrating his crimes up and down the state, and there was no jurisdictional sharing of information, so he looked like a different perpetrator in all these different locations, which is how he got away with what he was doing for so long. Victims and their families lived in terror of him long after he was gone, partly because there was never any closure for them, but also because some would report getting the occasional phone call from him later in life, like years later. One of them reported getting a phone call and hearing children in the background on his end, and he kind of taunting her and asking how things were going. So that's terrifying that not only were you a victimized the first time, but he's still tracking you years later. Cut to this year when authorities announced a break in the case uh, and then an arrest. on April. In April, 72-year-old Joseph James D'Angelo was charged with more than 50 rapes and 12 murders. All this is down to the trend over the last few years of DNA testing that shows you your genetic Ancestry horizons.
0: DNA. Yeah.
1: It's a real popular novelty purchase. When i first came out i looked into it i wanted to get it done with my dad to find out like what our roots were it looked super cool It was really expensive so we decided not to do it at the time figuring prices would come down and i'm glad we never did because the fact is when you give your dna to these companies it goes into servers the information is stored on servers in the states which are then subject to the patriot act and so they can call out any information about you down to your dna and so That's not a problem for you if you haven't committed crimes, but uh, this scumbag, one of his family members had taken part of that, uh, taken one of those tests. It had gone into the DNA base. There's two big testers, uh, the 23andMe and Ancestry.com, but they both feed into a large open source database for DNA results, and it was access to that database that the authorities got. So 23andMe and Ancestry.com can claim that they will never provide your information to law authorities. But in reality, it doesn't matter because at the back end of the system is where the authorities went in and got their
0: information. Well, I thought they also created like a profile using the DNA to see if there was yes. some sort of hit. And then they That's subpoenaed what... it. Yeah. So they sort of catfished the system. Yeah. So they built the DNA profile, like
1: the the original Night Stalker or East Area Rapist, um left DNA because it wasn't yeah it, it wasn't understood then that this was better than a fingerprint. Uh so a male family member somewhere in his family tree took one of these tests. His DNA went into the database. They were able to take the suspect's um DNA profile, compare it to what was there, they pulled out all of the data on that family cluster. And then started knocking people off the list. And they came down to having two or three possible suspects for who it could be. They undertook surveillance. They knocked their list down further. And then they got to uh, D'Angelo as their top suspect. They went in and they arrested him. He was working at a kind of like an Amazon distribution center right across
0: the street from the local FBI office for 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which, like, you say, like, you know, you're happy you didn't partake in it, but it also, like, it, it boggles my mind that they could do this, but it also, it's like, if I had put my DNA somewhere and they're like, hey, P.S., your great uncle raped and murdered a bunch of people and it was your DNA that broke it, Broke it. I'd be like, where do I spit next? Let's yeah. let's see, let's shake this family tree and see what oh, other, like, horrible individuals For sure,
1: and I'm the one lighting the bonfire at the next family reunion on that. But I don't know what the next step is. That is true. And that's what worries me. So I'm fine with catching out the scumbags in my family and getting rid of them and purging them. But what's the next step? Are we looking at a handmaiden's tale? Like, I have this DNA strand, so I will not be useful for reproductive purposes. So send me off to the hinterland to do hard labor instead of being some handmaid. Like, what's the next step on this road? It terrifies me. And I think in order to get these fun test results back that I'm four point six percent neanderthal were giving up a lot of privacy and i don't think people think that through
0: and And they're also not all like they're somewhat accurate but i think buzzfeed a couple years ago did this so they found three or four groups of identical triplets oh boy and which are very rare Mm -hmm. and they sent so they tested all of those um, big all of the popular right. DNA companies. Cause I think there was a bunch at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they sent, so each triplet sent a sample right. to a different one to see what they came back with. Right, and there was always variation. Variation, like there was a couple that were much better. Right, but there was like a bunch of them that was like these people that you know they had sort of the same ones, but then they'd be like, and your uh. 10% uh, Iraqi. <laughs> okay. But they are so white, it's not even funny. Yeah. And the other two tests said nothing about, about them that. at all being Middle Eastern. Like, it would always have, like, one outlier. A A liar. I think this year, particularly with all the
1: news of, like, the Cambridge Analytica and the Facebook and all the different breaches in security, it's become, like, we always knew when you put your information out yeah. online, it was dicey. But I think it's, at least to me, it's really getting stressed that, like, we need to be really more aware of what we're putting out there and why. And so this novelty fun, find out about your ancestry. Like, it sounds really good on the surface, but if you scratch a few layers below, like, is that information going to be sold to... Who? Like, who's exactly. going to end up with that information? What are they going to do with it? Am I going to be targeted for ads for uh, plus-size clothing? Because I have a gene for larger ladies. Uh, yeah. Like,
0: what is the consequence going to be? And that's what I, I do. already know we're... where my family comes from, because Weasel White, it's easy to track.
1: And mine's a pretty linear line out of Europe into Canada. Like, yeah, it's similar. It, I just, I see BuzzFeed, like, constantly hawking these things on their like gift ideas or like fun things to do lists and like i'm just like don't yeah do not do this your data will be accessible to the u.s government and then it's going to be a very short road between the u.s government doj putting out a warrant for something
0: related to you because they had access to your like don't (laughs) or even like like you said just that what 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 is that data going to be used for where is that going to be sold like, with Facebook, I'm always very cautious to, like, about the apps that use it. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of things, can you can link it so that you just use your Facebook password. Yeah. There's, I think, only one app that I do that with. Yeah. And it's tasty? No, that's BuzzFeed. There's only, like, there's very few things. Yeah, I try that, to limit
1: that as much as possible.
0: Um, because I just don't want. So, like, you know, when they had the Cambridge Analytica came out, then you could sort of look to see how mm-hmm. they're like, Bitch, your stomach is so tight, it's not even funny. Yeah. This was nothing. I was like um, I have nothing. It's like, "Nope, nothing, yeah. nothing to take out of there, nothing to take out of there." And they're like, "Do you even use this?"
1: Yeah. And also the the concern is we know what they're doing with it today. Yeah. What are they going to do with it 40 years from now? Exactly. 50 years from now, 100 years. Like nothing goes away. No. All this data is permanent now. Yeah. Like it, it's not like the historians who can't find data because the scrolls all disintegrated like yeah it's permanent. So just keep that in mind if you're out there thinking about buying one of these Ancestry or 23andme kits. It's not I don't think it's worth it at no. like the end of the
0: day. Maybe if you have a genealogist who is you know, doing that for private, yeah. Somehow you can afford to do that that's not through one of these big companies or if you're adopted and literally have no
1: knowledge yeah. for medical purposes what your background is, like for example the tay-sachs gene yeah. it's uh, it's a terrible terrible way to die like children who have it die by the age of 3 so jewish couples are tested before they'll have children because it's prevalent in the jewish communities if you're adopted yeah get tested for that yeah. <laughs> so you don't inflict that on your offspring but like if you know if you have a general idea of where you come yeah. from like just live with it <laughs> yeah <laughs> Next up in our list of trashy men who finally got what's coming to them this year is uh, Bill Cosby. So the rumors have been around for decades. He's America's dad. He was made racist comfortable with black people because he was on the air for so long and represented a wonderful face for the African-American community. But he was also a sexual predator. Uh, My mom was a big reader of the inquirer while I was growing up and I always read it behind her. And the inquirer was constantly going after Bill Cosby for these rumors and accusations. So when Hannibal Burris got up on stage a couple years ago and made a joke like, Hey, remember how Bill Cosby likes to rape people? And it like blew up and everyone was like, Oh my God. And I'm like, that's been out there for AJ. decades. Like there's like no secret, it. About- he was deposed and admitted to slipping quaaludes to people so that he could rape them. Like, that is a legal document. <laughs> he was deposed and said that. So a couple years ago, we had the Hannibal Burris that kind of um, revamped these stories, and shit just imploded. It was a perfect storm. It happened at the right place at the right time, and it contributed to the birth of the Me Too and the Time Up movement. Times Up movements. More than fifty women described similar experiences with him. He would trade on his fame and power. He'd promise them career developments, offer them a drink. He would slip something into it, usually quaaludes, and then he would assault and or rape them. Unfortunately for most of these women, the statute of limitations had expired, so there wasn't a lot they could do, except for Andrea Konstat, who was one of his most recent victims. She accused him of indecent assault while she was a a Temple University employee. And Bill Cosby is connected to Temple. It's his alma mater. He's got he had honorary degrees that got stripped this year, but he's a big booster for Temple. Uh, In April, he was found guilty on three counts of assault against Andrea Constant. And in September, he was sentenced to three to ten years in prison. However, now he is 81 and blind and in declining health, so he may or may not get out. And I think we would all be better off if he died in jail where he belongs. Uh, Next up, another terrible human being, Larry Nasser. Now, I knew this was happening, but I never really read in to the details, and I'm not going to... Oh, I
0: did. Yeah, it was awful.
1: I'm not going to share the details because I think they're terrible, and if it's not already in your brain, there's no need to have them there. Yeah. Uh, if you have been living under a rock, Larry Nasser was the sports doctor who worked for USA Gymnastics for decades. I didn't realize it, but there's that really famous picture of that tiny US gymnast who like did a dismount and broke her ankle, and she was limping off. Uh, there's a really famous picture of her coming off Yeah, after, I remember watching that. Yeah, and she got her gold medal... The doctor who's reaching she for her... She did a her, second dismount on that broken leg. Yes, that was it.
0: Yeah.
1: The, in that famous picture, the doctor reaching for her is Larry Nasser. Yeah, I didn't put that together until I was doing this. While he was in that role as the uh, one of the doctors for USA gymnast- Gymnastics, he was also sexually assaulting young girls and the women in his care. And the entire network around him covered it up. Uh, the, uh, the accusers were intimidated into not bringing complaints to the authorities, but... When I say everyone knew, I mean everyone knew. As of this fall, there were 499 known victims, and a great many of them had told parents, coaches, Michigan State University police, where he was working, local municipal police, physicians, psychologists, Michigan State administrators, and USA Gymnastics authorities. And every single one of them said, are you sure?
0: Oh, a bunch of them.
1: Larry's a nice guy. I I, I don't see Larry doing this. Are you sure? Did you find her name? Carrie Shrug. Carrie Shrug, that's it. So everyone knew, everyone worked to cover it up. He was getting, well, USA Gymnastics was getting results, so why rock the boat? This whole culture of not believing the victim, or even if you do, protecting the men in the worlds is, I mean, prime rape culture. It's terrible. Larry Nasser was also known as a very personable man. Uh, He convinced everyone that he was innocent, that the girls were making it up, or at least that was what everyone agreed the story was to go along with it. He was seen as a harmless uh, doctor who was concerned for his patients, who's very skilled, and a tireless volunteer in the sport. So he really had a a good reputation at USA Gymnastics. Starting this year, Nassar has gone through three separate trials, pled guilty at all of them, and has been sentenced to a collective minimum of 100 years in jail.
0: Did you hear the most recent update on that? Mm. He's claiming that it should be malpractice and not sexual assault. Yes, I did hear that now that I think of it. Yes.
1: Mm -mm. No, no, it was sexual assault. Yeah. USA Gymnastics is now on the verge of folding. They just can't keep up with the lawsuits. They can't seem to keep their own foots out of their mouths. Every time they put a new president in, they're out within a month or two. Just I'm either the pressure or they say something dumb on Twitter or somebody puts a camera in their face. Stay the fuck off Twitter. It's that simple. It's really that simple. Uh, Nassar was practicing out of Michigan State University, and that institution has settled with 332 women for uh, their assaults by Nasser. And in total, they, sp- they have paid out now about a half a billion dollars so far. 499 known victims. I think 100 years is uh, pretty light. <laughs> and I would very much like to see more time tacked onto that.
0: I just want a cellmate to be named Bubba and be very friendly.
1: I can appreciate that to a certain extent, and yet wishing rape on anyone.
0: True, true.
1: I don't think we should be doing that. <laughs> but I can appreciate the, the sentiment behind it. <laughs> the last big story of this year uh, came at just the fucking worst time for women who were already having a shit time. Happened around the Kavanaugh hearings where we all had to listen as a woman bore her soul to the cameras about a traumatic experience of sexual assault she went through as a teen. And then we had to watch the most petulant fucking toddler of a man get up there and demand people respect him, which no. Uh, And around that same time, something happened in Canada that hit every single woman that I know. And that was Paul Bernardo came up for his parole. (sighs) Oh, if you're not familiar with paul bernardo he is known in canada as the scarborough rapist and the schoolgirl killer and he was active as a rapist in the 90s and it culminated with uh, triple murders that he and his wife committed um they started by killing his wife's little sister and then they as a team abducted at separate times two other young women brought them back to their home and raped and eventually murdered them christian french and leslie Mahaffey. I don't think you can be a woman in Canada between the ages of 20 and up and not know those names and not have those names engraved on your heart. Um, We were living in Toronto at the time and I was an only child and we had a TV in the kitchen and we listened to the news while we ate dinner every night as a family. And living in Toronto, that was all that was getting covered was the Paul Bernardo case. I think it formed a lot of my perceptions of the world at a very young age. Mm, How can it not? And absolutely terrified me for quite some time. And it still does. Um, But uh, in October, Bernardo came up for parole. He's classified as a dangerous offender. So he wasn't eligible for parole until he would served 25 years of his sentences. And that happened this year. He tried to blame a rough childhood, which was full of insecurities and anxiety for his actions.
0: Horseshit. Yep. Bitch, please.
1: Many of his victims, or in the case of those that he killed their families, gave victim impact statements, which I think is just the worst thing you could have ever asked of them. Those families sat through the trials, and then to have to come back 25 years later and justify why he shouldn't be allowed out, I think it's disgusting. I think the parole board could have gone out onto the street and pulled six women and said, why don't you come tell us what it's like
0: with you think of Paul Bernardo? Just Or even men. Like, even, like men our age yeah could have been like hey paul bernardo should he get out and they'd be like fuck no no how did that impact you
1: personally and i could go off on a full rant for the next 45 minutes about how nine-year-old elise was fucking terrified of men for quite some time because of this whole incident luckily parole was denied
0: of course i mean i think there was a lot of attention given to it but i think we all knew that was happening like we all knew he mm-hmm. wasn't going to get parole. Yeah, it was just that fear of he might be getting parole because... and the
1: indignity that he even had the chance for it.
0: Yes, like no, the indignity that was his lawyer because he had a chance for it, he didn't have to go for it. True, that lawyer of his was like too much. None of his lawyers have been good people. Like, well, no, I the, the don't trial think... one was like fucking
1: skeeziest ambulance chaser ever. Ugh. The parole board said that his remorse seemed recent, uh, and so they didn't quite believe that he had spent the last 25 years regretting his actions. So that's why they justified denying their uh, parole at this time. Well, the families find it completely lacking. and I think I side with them a little bit. I don't think you kill your sister-in-law. I don't think you rape and kill your sister-in-law because you
0: got bullied as a kid. No. As for those uh, listeners who are American and maybe have never listened or heard of this case, look it up. Uh, And most people consider the deal with his wife, Carla Homoka, as the deal with the devil.
1: Yeah, because it fucking was. She got 10 years for being an active participant in three murders because she sold out her husband. Before they found the tapes. Yeah, I was going to say, which they wouldn't have had to have done if his lawyer hadn't hidden videotaped evidence. Like they taped themselves raping and murdering these girls. And his lawyer had those tapes and hid them. And so they didn't know about it. Until the wife told them about it, and they went looking for him.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then they found out, oh, she isn't a battered woman.
1: No, she was a full participant. Yeah. There's a old episode of Law and Order, where Ellen Pompeo plays a Carla Homolka style. And I think it's the closest. Like, they reenact the whole walking through the crime scene. Because, that, like, Homolka did that. She walked yeah. through the crime scene and was very disconnected and... Oh, yeah, our couches were red. And did you find my necklace or my earrings? Like, I haven't seen them since I got arrested. Ellen Pompeo, like, hits it. Nailed fucking it. pitch perfect. Every single, like, oh, it's it's an old, old episode, but it's worth
0: finding. Yes. She was released. She changed her name. She got married. She has kids. And she was actively volunteering at her kid's school until it came out that that was Carla Homoka. Awesome. She moved yeah. to the Barbados for a few years. I think that's where she met her husband. Yeah. And then they live in Montreal. Yeah, yeah. if I found out my girls were friends with Carla Homoka's children, I'd be like, they can come over here for sleepovers, but you are never going there.
1: Uh, no. (laughs) You are not allowed to play with those girls anymore. You are not allowed to have them in your life. You will ostracize them. Like, I'm not all for bullying and ostracizing and inflicting the sins of the parents on the kids. But in this case, like, I'm putting up posters at the kids' school. Like, keep your children away from these monsters. Like, it's it's bad blood. Like, ew. So that was my terribly depressing tour through law and crime. Again, not a good year. (laughs) So I think we need to wrap up our show with some good, upbeat, fun news. We said, so yeah, we're going to
0: do entertainment. Yeah, entertainment. <laughs> yes, some of it is. Uh, so entertainment. Um, I did a bunch of stuff that Elise has no idea what I'm going to talk about. So that should be fun. She showed me the list, and I was like, I don't know who this is. I don't know who that is. So in January we lost Dolor- uh, Dolores O'Riordan, and this means nothing to Elise. Nothing. But to me this was big. Uh, Dolores was a lead singer of the '90s alt rock band the Cranberries. And uh, the '90s, uh, the '90s were just this powerhouse of women in rock and in music in general, and she was right there. Like so. Uh, Her haunting lyrics and unique voice was the sound of my teen girl angst.
1: Ah, now I get it.
0: Yeah, like many rock stars, Dolores had troubles. Uh, A troubled relationship with alcohol was very public with her struggle with bipolar disorder. Um, And she'd been out of the public eye for the last number of years, but was due in the recording studio the next day to record some backup vocals on a cover of one of her most popular songs. Uh, This metal band was doing a um, cover of a zombie. Mm Mm-hmm. And they had sent the track to her to take a listen to And she really, really liked it. It's actually not that. Um, it's actually really good, to be honest. The, to, for me, the video really in, invoked a lot of emotion because they had used the very similar imagery. Mm. They had found a girl who looked just like Dolores of Reardon in the original. Painted yeah. her in gold just like she was. It's... Anyways. Um, and so she had said, hey, would you mind if we get together in the recording studio I'll either, I want to contribute in some way. There's some background vocals or something like I want to add something to this. And they were like, of course, (laughs) I, yes, please. Um, But she never showed up. So she was found dead in her hotel bathtub. Mm.
1: Uh,
0: She had four times the legal limit of alcohol in her bloodstream when Mm. she decided to take a bath Sometimes after, sometime after 3am. She was found the next morning with her nose and mouth submerged underwater, fully clothed. Um, And her death was ruled as a tragic accident and she was only 46. Hmm. Uh, Drugs didn't play into it. She had no uh, illegal drugs in her body and all of her prescription drugs uh, were at their normal limits. So Hmm. it's not like she had taken too much or too little, um, which they think might have uh, contributed to some of the more recent cases of suicide with rock stars. Yeah. Um, She just got... Drunk, really, really drunk, filled up her bathtub with water, and then mm. drowned. She had talked to her mom at 2 a, uh, At uh, She got off the phone with her mom at, like, 3 a.m., so that's, they figure they sometime after that uh, was when she died, so the, I think it was the maid, the clean staff, found her the next day. Mm. So that was very sad and very tragic for me, because, again, um... It was really, especially if you watch any of the My So-Called Life, mm-hmm. that was like a big, there's a lot of like really poignant moments where Angela Chase is like having her teeny angst. And that's the soundtrack is crying, uh, like, so it's very much near and dear to my like 14 year old heart. Right. Uh, big news though, on the other side of the spectrum with good was Kendrick Lamar, uh, who is touted as being the best rapper of his generation and, and in a long time with his lyrics taking a hard look at what it means to be black and living in America. These lyrics are outstanding, and they're complex and clear and honest and strike you even if you're not a rap fan, like me, you should check them out. His songs are really quite good. Uh, lyrically, he's... sort of like like Tupac was really lyrically strong mm-hmm. and very poignant in his. It's not about bitches and monies and <laughs> drugs, and it's it's really quite good, in the same way that that tupac sort of same sort of vein right. of very realistic i mean not that there's a lot a lot of rappers that are out there that do that there are but his it's just something different it's just very different it's got a spark to it it's got a spark to it it's got something that hasn't been there in a long time and and really there hasn't been in that rock either because god love it it's not great um so he has been nominated for the best album in the Grammy. So that's like the top award three times has never won this year. His album, which is called damn lost out to Bruno Mars. Hmm. Causing an outcry. <laughs> uh, mostly that the Grammys are out of touch and maybe a little too safe. Like the year before uh, Adele's 25, won over lemonade, yeah. Beyonce's lemonade. And I mean, I love Adele 25 is not even her best album. It's definitely not better than lemonade. Yeah. I'm not a huge Beyonce fan. Like, but Lemonade had... Kids. But Lemonade was amazing, Yeah, right? Like, that wasn't even Adele's best day. That was Beyonce's best Yeah, it, 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 It's just... Even Adele was like, why the fuck did I get this? Yeah, like, I saw that. And I was like, oh, fair. Fair. Like, she's <laughs> just like, why is this not... like?" I, what does this woman have to do to yeah, get this award? <laughs> and this is the same thing. What does Kendrick Lamar... Like, damn, it's an amazing album. Bruno Mars' 25, 24K Magic is not even that great. Like, it's got... It's really poppy. It's got some neat overtones, but at the end of the day, what's going to stay on the test of time and be representative? It's lollipop, sugary candy floss, right? As soon as you put some water on that, that's the shit's going to disintegrate. Yeah. (laughs) So the world was really shocked when the 2018 Pulitzer Prize for Music was announced, and it was given to Dan. (laughs) because <laughs> there is nobody more white and old than the pulitzer prize yeah award this is true so anyways the pulitzer prize historically has been given to either classical music and a few jazz albums like i don't mean historically it's been like it's pretty much predominantly classical and i guess i was reading some articles where they were talking about you know, they decided this year to open the field, and then someone was like, Kendrick Lamar, and they were like, who is this? And they started talking about it. They're like, nope, this is who we're giving it to. Like, there wasn't even a competition around this table yeah. of dusty, I'm assuming, <laughs> old white yeah, Europeans. Right. That's who I picture the Pulitzer Prize being. Pulitzer or Nobel? Pulitzer. Uh, New York. Oh, is it? Okay. Also, dusty white people. Yes. So <laughs> I think. Yeah. <laughs> um. So this marks the first time that the prize has ever been given to anything close to what one would consider popular music. Again, classical or with a few jazz albums. Mm-hmm. Like,
1: I think Leonard Cohen few.
0: got it at least once, right? I don't think he's actually ever got it. Oh, okay. It's, like literature, and there, like the Pulitzer Prize for journalism, literature has always been very topical, but the music one has always been like so. I didn't even know they gave out a music. Award. pretentious like yeah. cold to diamonds that sort of like uptightness yeah that this really was like oh my god no one really thought that the Pulitzer Committee would drive home just how out of touch the Grammys are yeah <laughs> the other one that I put in here that Elise had no uh idea was the Kurt Cobain death scene photos uh so the court rules that they will not be released so why would I add this to my re- year interview for a couple reasons I'm a teen of the early 90s mm-hmm um also a huge i wasn't a huge nirvana fan but i love me some alt rock and uh, his death really made an impact on 14 year old me again we're going to 14 year old me a lot today and also this is story as i said in my story of gossip i'm fascinated by gossip and i could have added kirk Cobain's death to my list of conspiracy theories that are believed and perpetrated like a cult mm-hmm um, by their fans sort of like right up there with those one directioners who believe that one of those one direction members faked a child yeah to cover up an illicit like homosexual romance like so is the conspiracy that kurt cobain is still alive and he's just like elvising it no it's the Kirk, it, that he didn't kill himself that courtney or someone else murdered him yeah. so that he was murdered and didn't commit suicide so there is this journalist called Richard Lee from Seattle who has been testing limits of public record laws for years in his quest to prove that Kirk Cobain was murdered mm. and by Courtney Love. Um, the appeals court ruled that the photographs were exempt from Washington State Public Records Act and that the release would, of the photos would violate the Cobain's family's due process rights under the 14th Amendment. So they have the same sort of law that we have, which is... Uh, access information that. but the court of appeals said the photographs aren't under that because his family's rights under the 14th amendment would be violated courtney and uh, francis his daughter both put in statements that said like really we especially um francis and i think his mom might have also put uh, a statement in to be like i don't want there's no purpose there's to... no purpose yeah for me to open up a paper and see the photos of my dad's with his head blown off yeah every time his anniversary of his death rolls around because this is not just something that'll happen once no once they're out there every time the anniversary of his death or anytime anybody wants to talk about the legacy of nirvana which they talk about a lot, a lot yeah. or the legacy of that sort of uh sit and nancy like relationship that kirk Kurt and Courtney had gets talked about these photos will be brought up mm-hmm. so they will live on forever yeah the court of appeal said no photographs are exempt from this law they will not be released I get it I really didn't want them to be released either because no one needs to see that no one needs to see their dead dad son husband's body on the paper the internet all the time no. but however it just gives more fuel to these nutters <laughs> who keep talking about his murder and how yeah. it's just a big cover up yeah Although I don't think the photos would have shown enough to shut them up anyway. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Like there could be a video of him doing it and they'd still be like, no, no, no. That wasn't interesting to me. And I get that. That's sort of a niche. Someone's probably like, I don't care about that. Like at (laughs) least, but I thought it was interesting just for sort of the crime and, and the sort of conspiracy theory beyond that. And also like, it's something I don't think needs to be, but I remember when he killed himself and I remember the outcry of emotion i mean frig there are still kids wearing nirvana t-shirts just like we wore led zeppelin t-shirts yeah they weren't born when he died yeah they weren't born when when Nirva- Nevermind came out but you know that sort of cults of personality i guess you know that sort of music lives on these 27 club members these, yeah. these people that died really young and, and their music was really good um, and tragically died obviously um, I think it's really interesting that your 14 year old self
1: is like Dolores O'Riordan and uh, Kurt Cobain and angsty and all that my 14 year old self's music soundtrack was Spice Girls
0: <laughs> we're also a few years apart
1: <laughs> right so yeah but like it was never going to be that, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> it was never going to be like the few years later version of those guys it was always going to be Spice Girls <laughs>
0: You weren't gonna be at the panic at the disco or the No. But I'll tell you,
1: when those girls broke up, I I agree completely with the Dell's the first time I knew true heartbreak.
0: (laughs) Uh so on to the funnier parts of entertainment. Oh good. So the top grossing movies of twenty of 2018. Affinity Wars, obviously. Okay Avengers, Black Panther was number two, Jurassic World was number three, Incredibles number four, shocking. Venom was number five. What? I know. That must all be down to the opening weekend. Yeah, well, uh, Avengers made two over $2 billion. Black Panther made one. Jurassic Park made over one. Incredibles 2 made over one. And Venom still made $854 million. Hmm. Mission Impossible was six. Deadpool, seven. Bohemian Rhapsody, eight. Ant-Man and the Wasp <laughs> was number nine. And Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald was number 10. Are these averaged out, though, for how long
1: they've had in 2018? Because Avengers Infinity War came out early, early in 2018 versus Black Panther, which was later in the year. So it makes sense that one would have longer
0: the box office to pull in more money. Well, this is just their total box office. But the Black Panther, um, Avengers Infinity Wars and Black Panther, I think were in the same amount of theaters for the same amount oh, okay. of time. yeah um, then we get to our biggest bombs. Yeah. Now, the top biggest bomb, I realized, is still probably in theaters. Okay. Mortal Engines, which I think is still in there. So their budget... Oh, based off those books. The Hunger Games style books. So their budget uh, for this movie, Mortal Engines, was $100 million. When I looked up this at on uh, mm-hmm. Box Office Mojo, they had made a total of $42 million. Oh, okay. Robin Hood was the second Baking off his bomb with again a budget of a hundred million but only making seventy two. Who is in that? Um the dude from Jamie Fox plays the uh, his right hand. Okay. The Moorish guy. Yeah. And Robin Hood is played by the same guy who was in the Kingsman, Eggie from the Kingsman. I got nothing. Yeah, I don't remember his name is English. Okay. We have enough Robin Hoods. I know. All you need is Kevin Costner.
1: And that bomb ass diggity Brian Adams song. That's your serious
0: thing. I do dude for you. you. That's all
1: you need for serious. I was felt up a lot to that as a teen. That was like the theme song to all school dances. Uh, so if you want a serious Robin Hood, that's all you need. If you want a fun Robin Hood, all you need Carrie Ellis and uh, his men in tights. We are good on the Robin Hood. We need no more. And if you want like a sexually confusing Robin Hood disney's Disney. cartoon version with the fox and that's <laughs> I, all we need go
0: there. <laughs> we if need... you want to hear kevin costner do a really bad accent you can also watch robin hood
1: yeah the accent that come and go comes and goes <laughs> and then just like goes
0: <laughs> jamie foxy didn't even try
1: <laughs> like that's all you need like stop I with don't... the robin hood get new ideas
0: three was wrinkle in time because that was that was a hundred and they put uh, a lot into that movie. They did. They, so that was $103 million, and that doesn't include their marketing budget, but they made $132 million. Still they, not enough
1: to justify the size no, of that.
0: but it was a real disappointment. Like, yeah. I, from the reviews I got, like, it was really hyped up, but it was really... The critics loved it. But the it critics didn't... didn't even love it all that no? much. No, it was really... I thought addictive. their thing was, like, it looks great. It looks great, but it was very disjointed. I read It the didn't book. quite live up to...
1: The source material? The hype. I read the book thinking I would go see the movie afterwards. And I know this is probably going to scandalize somebody who's like childhood revolved around this book. Did not like it. Maybe it's because I was reading it as a 30 something. Yeah. Whereas if I discovered it as a preteen, it would have landed differently. Yeah. But like I read the book and I was like... I have no interest in this movie now. It's on Netflix now. I see it every time I scroll past it and I'm just like, because my thing after I get high is to get into bed and watch like family cartoon movies to fall asleep to. So I've watched Shrek like a lot lately. But Like I scroll past the wrinkle and I'm like, "Ah, I don't know. I'm good.
0: Uh, Four is Happy Times Murder. The Happy Time Murders.
1: Oh, that's the Melissa McCarthy puppet. puppet? So
0: that budget was 40 million. And so far they've grossed 27.
1: Million. I have a feeling that's going to be a sleeper, though, like one of those DVD streaming kind of.
0: Yeah. That's where they're going to make up their ground. So London Fields, which I'd never heard of. Mm-mm. You never heard of it either? Mm-mm.
1: I got rid of cable, so I don't get commercials anymore.
0: I don't. I I, I just don't watch TV. I do have cable. <laughs> but if it's not on Treehouse, they don't have commercials. Um. So their budget was uh, $8 million. Their global gross. $8 million.
1: Yeah. It's a small movie.
0: Yes. Uh, their global gross was uh two hundred and ninety five thousand. Yeah, Ooh, that's gonna hurt. That's not even my biggest bomb. That should have been my biggest bomb because it didn't have the biggest budget. But damn, that did not gross a lot of money. The next one was gaudy Oh, okay, I've heard with John Travolta in a really bad wig well that's is, just John yeah. <laughs> <T-fall>. <laughs> that budget was 10 million but its global gross was 4.1 million so that still it did not make its money back no but yeah uh nutcracker and the four realms didn't make its money back but not by much and i mean that that movie cost 120 million that's and it good. still only made 151 million
1: I I have tried the Nutcracker in every iteration, like ballet, cartoon, live action. I have never been able to get past like the first two numbers. And then I'm just like, oh, my God, it's so boring. And then I I tap out. I can't.
0: Number eight was Early Man, which is a uh, waltz and Gromit British... Uh, uh, aim animation thing which looks really cute i mean they made their budget was 50 million they made 54 million but it opened the same weekend as black panther
1: no oh, yeah
0: yeah you're, you're screwed
1: but like uh, who at the theater who at the uh, studio thought that that would be a,
0: a solid play i don't know and then annihilation was number nine which was uh pretty much i think of all female cast it his budget was forty million. It made forty three million, but they think it's probably going to be one of those cult hits. Sleeper,
1: yeah, because it's the first of three books. Yeah. Like I and I read the first book, and I was so confused. I was like, I have two degrees. I don't know what's happening. I'm so lost. It's one of those things where, like there's something creepy out there, and like the author just never gets around to telling you what it is. And I'm just like, I need the payoff. I can't. I cannot commit if there's
0: not going to be a payoff here. And then number ten is Solo, a Star Wars story. Hmm. So its budget was two hundred fifty million. Jesus H Christ! Yeah, um, it was so fraught with so many disasters, like changing directors, changing writers, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it still made three hundred and ninety-two million. Because you're gonna get the nerd money no matter what. But it was the first Star Wars movie not to break four hundred million, so mm-hmm. it's considered a bomb. Well, it's out of canon. Too right. Yeah, but so was uh, Rogue One, right? Like prequel style. Yeah. So when, uh, in the first Star Wars movie that ever was filmed, yeah, um, when Le- Leia says that they got the plans for the Death Star and everybody lost their lives, yeah, Rogue One was that story of how they got those plans. Uh, it's actually amazing. I mean, we all know the ending. We all know they're all going to die, right? But it's so—it's still- a really good movie. Dan and I watched that, and then we rewatched the originals, mm-hmm. and then we watched the first two of the new movies. Right. We skipped the, oh. the 2000s because everybody should.
1: <laughs> Unless you want, like, a lesson on intergalactic politics I know. and trade. Like,
0: what's the fucking point? And also, as my sister pointed out, with those, like, the prequels. So, you had in the 70s, you had the original Star Wars, and everything was very boxy looking. Yeah. And then when they put out the prequels, they made everything sleek. She's like, so did technology go backwards? Backwards? Yeah. Like, this makes no sense. But at least with the new ones, Mm -hmm. it still has that aesthetic of a lot of the same look. Oh, good. So, that was Star Wars. That was Star the 10 on the list of biggest box office flops but i still think the london feels which when i looked at a bunch of articles that was their top one they're like we get that nobody's ever heard of this but it still had an eight million dollar budget and didn't even make three hundred thousand. that's that'll ruin a small production company (laughs) yeah so the award winners so the big award winner at the oscars was shape of the water grinding nemo yeah um the golden globes had a couple of big winners so three billboards okay yeah and lady bird Mm -hmm. uh, was the winners with big little eyes and handmaid's tales being the big winners on the tv side okay i know people there was other winners simmer down these are the ones we care about though so these are the ones that are just highlighting grammys as i talked about bruno mars owned the night but Kendrick Lamar still did wear a fair number of awards that night, too, with, like, top rap album. He just didn't win the top album, yeah. like the Covenant the top award. The Tony Awards, which is the only awards ceremony I you actually watch. Um, <laughs> the Band's Visit was the top winner on the musical side with Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, Angels in America, and Three Tall Women sharing most of the play awards.
1: Angels in America is still running?
0: It was a revival. Okay. And with um, Andrew, um, he was a Spider-Man in the Garfield. middle. Yes. Um, it was really great. So on the sadder part of this is obviously in memory, yeah. the people who died. So we had uh, Dolores O'Riordan, who I said. We had uh, Jerry Van Dyke, Dick Van Dyke's younger brother. He also passed away at the beginning of the year. We have John Mahal. Mahalny? Mahalny? Um, Martin Crane from Fraser. Oh, okay, yeah. He, uh, he died. He also was a big theater actor. Yeah. Uh, we had, uh, Emma Chambers, who played Alice Tinker on Vicar of Doubly. She passed away. Yeah, young. She was only 53. She had a heart attack. Billy Graham, the Baptist minister and televangelist. He will not be missed. <laughs> uh, he also passed away. He was spiritual advisor to every U.S. president from Harry Truman to Barack Obama. Ew. I know. (laughs) But he was 99.
1: Was he one of the ones that claimed that Hurricane Katrina was punishment for uh, gay marriage?
0: I don't think so. And abortion? He was kind of lighter in his older years, I think. Hmm. He just was like the rise of the televangelist after... um... Tammy Faye. Yes, thank you. I love how I just did this with the eyes he wrote. Tammy Faye.
1: (laughs) Andy faked having like finger size
0: mascara. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking tarantula eyes she used to have. Jesus. Uh, Herbert DeVanchi, a fashion designer. House of Givenchy. Uh, Givenchy. Givenchy. Who famously dressed Audrey Hepburn Mm -hmm. and uh, Jackie Kennedy. Passed away at the age of 91. Stephen Hawking's passed away at the age of 76. Yeah, but the story there is he lived like 40 years longer than anyone thought he would. Oh, I know. <laughs> I was going to say he was 76, which is pretty impressive with ALS. Uh, Linda Brown, the civil rights figure, the mm-hmm. subject of the Supreme Court case. Brown versus Board of, Board of Education, of education um, died at the, also at the age of 76. Winnie Mandela passed away at age of 81. Harry Anderson, who I still love Night Court. Did you watch Night Court? Fuck yeah. I got into a
1: huge argument with my thesis supervisor at the pub one night. Because, like, I dropped the fact that Night Court was the shit. And he's like, you're out of your mind. And then that just became a thing.
0: <laughs> I loved Night Court. Night Court was awesome. Harry, uh, he died. Hmm. I know, Anderson. So he played Harry Stone on the TV show Night Court. He passed away at the age of 65. It's young. That is young. But he had put on a
1: lot of weight in later. Like, he was always tall, but the later photos, he was husky. So
0: I wonder if that was contributing. Then Barbara Bush, Mm -hmm. first lady, she passed away at the age of 92. God, I'm going to mess up that. The electronic music producer, A-V-I-C-I-I. Avicii? Avicii, yes, Avicii. Um, his real name was Tim. He died at the age of 28. He suffered from acute pancreatitis. Mm-hmm. Vern Troyer, mini me mm-hmm. go back to my Austin Powers reference. he passed away. Kate Spade yep 55 of suicide followed by Anthony Bourdain, 61 suicide. Joe Jackson, the manager and patriarch of the Jackson family, died at the age 89. The Aretha Franklin, Queen of Soul. She died at 76. Robin Leach, host of the Lifestyles of the Richard Famous. Yeah. <laughs> he passed away at 76. John McCain. John McCain. I was like, John, John McCain,
1: We need him <laughs> around just in case Hans Gruber comes back from the dead.
0: John McCain uh, passed away. Uh, Neil Simon, playwright.
1: That week I found out that I've consistently confused Neil Simon, Paul Simon, and Neil Young for the last
0: 33 years. (laughs) Neil Simon, the playwright and screenwriter, died at the age of 91. Burt Reynolds, the actor, Mm -hmm. died at the age of 82. Mark Miller, the singer and music producer. Ariana Grande's ex, he died of a drug overdose at 26. People stop, like, commenting on her. She did not kill him. He was a drug addict. Also, he touched the divic box. Did you hear that? No.
1: There's okay. Okay, let me drop some knowledge on you. Uh, And that's why we drink. Did a story early, early on about the divic box, which is this um, kind of kind of like a large jewelry box, like but standing and. At some point, it had some sort of evil spirit attached to it, probably during the war. So it came over to North America following World War II with a Jewish family. And divik is a Jewish word for demon or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and so this thing passed around. And the whole thing is, is if you touch it, this evil spirit attaches to you. And Zach Baggins currently has it in his museum. Oh, great. Yes. And so there's footage of this guy actually going and touching it. <gasps> So, and there, people are advised, do not touch it, because whatever's in there will get attached to you. And when, and that's why we drank, went to Vegas for Christine's bachelorette party. They toured the museum, and they were saying, like, that room had really bad mojo in it. Like, you could not, like, you shouldn't get near that box. That box had, like, a force field around it of evil, and nobody wants to get near it. And then, like, a week later, this kid died. And like two days later the footage came out from the security cams from Zach Baggin's museum that he actually went up and like touched the Divic box. So like the thing is, is like he the Divic box killed him. <laughs> Not Ariana Grande. The Divic box. So leave her the fuck alone.
0: Or his drug addiction.
1: One or the other. <laughs> Stan Lee? Yes. But like he had been declining for He was ninety-five. Yeah.
0: But he will be missed. Yes.
1: I saw there's a campaign on Twitter to have Kevin Smith replace him in all the Marvel movies for his life. Oh my drop-in. god,
0: that would be awesome! Yeah. <laughs> George W. Bush passed away, as we all know. Uh, Penny Marshall, my last one will be Penny Marshall. Mm-hmm. Um, actress, director, producer, one of uh, the first really popular female directors. Mm-hmm. Uh, died at the age of 75. Also, uh, Laverne and Shirley. So that is my arts and entertainment. Wow. So, ending with a lot of dead people. Oh, uh, there was one I forgot to mention. So, as I was talking about the Rosie Revere engineer. Yes. Um, the lady who was the inspiration for Rosie the Riveter Yes. Passed away. Oh. Which is shocking because I think of Rosie Re- as Rosie the Riveter so long ago. Yeah. But no, she only passed away this year.
1: Well, thank you for your service to feminism for giving yes. us that that image. Good news, happy news to end out the show, Uh, and that's just all the royal news that happened this year, and there was quite a bit. So the big news that really dominated everything this year was the royal wedding for Harry and Meghan. Harry, who was 34, announced his engagement to Meghan 36 in November 2017. Harry is six in line to the British throne, and Meghan was, sorry, but a little-known actress who had a really active social media presence. During their engagement interview at the end of last year, they confirmed they were set up by a mutual friend, and the relationship progressed pretty seriously from there. The wedding took place at St. George's Chapel at Windsor Castle on May 19th, and it was a huge media circus event. It was covered live. Our entire uh, text group was up watching it, except for me, except for Andy, apparently. But she still got the texts as we made fun of people arriving. And,
0: and then them. I went back and YouTube to post the clips. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: following the service, the couple took a carriage ride around Windsor so that the crowds could see them. And there was an estimated 100,000 people who lined the route to get a, a glimpse of them as they rode past. Of note, the veil that the bride wore was embroidered with flowers from each of the Commonwealth nations, as well as from California, which is her home state. So that was the big fairy tale wedding.
0: Yeah. Her dress was pretty but very simple but that veil. Oh my god. Yeah. And that dress even like this the 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 train on it. Like mm-hmm. the front of the dress was very plain plain. Yeah. But just the back. That is what the whole Fold thing. It. Yeah. Because you're going into that chapel going up those stairs. Yeah. So the whole drama of that dress is behind it. Yes. And it was spectacular. And but
1: for the Actual family members and super close friends. The majority of the people are sitting back out of the, in the larger part of the church. So all they're seeing is really the back view. Of anyway, spectacular astros. Yep. So that was Harry and Meghan's wedding, but they were not the only royal wedding. And in fact, I think the second royal wedding is where the uh, fun times and giggles actually happened. Eugenie, who was 28, and Jack, 32, announced their engagement in January 2018. But there's a rumor that they actually got engaged in August, well before Harry and Meghan, but they knew that Harry's engagement was coming, so they delayed their own announcement to allow for the Harry-Meghan of it all to roll out in the press and get the, the primary attention. Eugenie is eighth in line for the throne and a second daughter to the Duke of York, who is the Queen's second son, and Fergie. And Jack is a, a drinks executive, as the BBC described him don't know what that actually is um and they met while skiing in switzerland in 2010 as the rich and powerful british do
0: i was gonna say he's rich but yeah the
1: couple did their own
0: carriage ride around
1: windsor but the crowd they drew was only about three thousand, in comparison to harry and megan's hundred thousand uh of note, the bride didn't wear a veil And she did wear a dress with a low back to show off the scar that she received as a child following surgery to correct scoliosis. So she's a big patron of the hospital where she got treatment and of making sure that children aren't embarrassed or shamed by having these scars in their body. Uh, So her choice of wedding gown and then reception gown was designed to be backless
0: to show that off. I actually like her dress better than Megan's.
1: I like the cut of it, but it was, it had weird, it was like a brocade, but like a striped brocade. So like that I wasn't a giant fan of, but like, yes, I liked her dress. It was more dramatic. It was more detailed. There's lots of scuttlebutt around this wedding though. And this is where the fun times happen. The Duke of York, her father is apparently endlessly complaining that he and his kids aren't treated as well by the public and the media as Charles and his children and grandchildren. So he was really pissed off, apparently, that the Crown wouldn't be paying for a lot of the expenses like they did for Will and Kate and Harry and Meghan. He also apparently threw a tantrum because the BBC wouldn't carry his daughter's wedding like it did for William and Harry, and it ended up relegated to like ITV4 or something, like one of the lesser channels. And so he's really pissed that the BBC wouldn't interrupt their regular programming for them. The day before the wedding, uh, Buckingham put out an announcement about the wedding's programs and details about it, and they misspelled Jack's last name. and the Duke of York <coughs> went <clears throat> bonkers over it, like like tantrums, like just freaking out over it. So all in all, this wedding really became about how the Duke of York and his family aren't as loved as Will and Kate is. But by all accounts, Eugenie and uh, Beatrice know this and really don't care. They aren't public royal figures. They don't have official jobs with the yeah. monarchy. They are private people. They have private jobs. They couldn't give a flying fuck whether or not they're on BBC or, like, SBN Ocho. Like, they don't care. Yeah. <laughs> but it bothers their father to no end. So. Well. Yeah. He's a middle... He's
0: the youngest of the middle child?
1: A uh, middle son.
0: Yeah. So. That's a whole... He's a middle child? Yeah. <laughs> stereotypical middle child. Exactly. But it's weird because him and Fergie have a very strange yeah, relationship
1: because they're very close again. They're divorced, but they're living together on the grounds of Windsor in like the carriage house or the, the dowager home. Like it's a manor house yeah. off of the official, but still on the grounds of the palace. So they have the best divorce ever. I know. They've always lived together. They've always raised those girls together, but they are separate. And Fergie is just... B- like nuts. <laughs> I heard her describe showing up for the Harry and Meghan wedding as like your fun vodka aunt who's here to fuck things up because she showed up in like black skin tight, like short-ish dress and was clearly just there to like have fun.
0: <laughs> There's Zara, right? There's a... Zara Phillips. Yeah. On My Dad Wrote a Porno, mm-hmm. the footnotes, so the ones they put in in between, which is just them with special guests, they had a rugby guy on. And he was talking about how he had gone to Megan mm-hmm. and Harry's, but he would also gone to Zara's. Yeah. And that was like, well, obviously the more fun. Yeah. And he was talking about how he got like shit faced at Zara's and uh, they were having a great discussion about that. That's, you should just listen to the footnotes ones because okay. they don't really talk about the porno stuff as much as okay, they good, have like that some really great um <laughs> Um, guests especially Mm -hmm. this season but his 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 uh, stories about the royal wedding will tickle you to no end i'll have to look for it yeah
1: following weddings uh it's no surprise that we have some babies to talk about in the royals prince louis arthur charles was born on the 27th of april he is the second son and third child for will and kate He's the fifth in line to the throne behind his grandfather, father, brother, and sister. And that was a recent change to the uh, British laws yep. that uh, girl child will not be supplanted by male childs, younger male children. She she's of the first girl that yes. will take effect for Yes. If um, the first kid had been a girl, that would have been the break where the first yep. child would have taken it. Uh, Prince Louis Arth- Arthur Childs is a baby, so we don't know much about him yet. We'll He's pretty
0: there. cute. Yeah. The most recent Christmas photo of them was more normal. Yes. Uh, it was less like they were, you know, robots. Some... No, no. I was just gonna say like children fleeing the bombing in London. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Although
1: somebody pointed out that uh, the little blue sweater that Charlotte was wearing is a hand me down from George. And there's photos, like official photos of Charles or of George wearing that little blue sweater, which just makes it's cute. Yeah. Like, there's no fucking reason for it. It's adorable that Kate's just, like, slap it on. Like, it's a cute sweater. We're not getting rid of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's she's
0: known for wearing things again.
1: Yes. Uh, Zara Tyndale, who we were talking about earlier, is uh, one of Anne's daughters, Princess Anne's. She welcomed her second child this year, Lena, in June. She was very pregnant at Harry and Meghan's wedding and was Mary. clearly uncomfortable while they were off signing the registry because she was standing and her husband was
0: kind of helping her and she was shifting around. I think she was eight months pregnant at the time. It was hot, too, when they got married. So you're pregnant, you're hot. All you want to do is your feet are swelling. Yeah. you're Like, why can't I fucking sit down? This is a really uncomfortable bench that I'm so yeah. Yeah, it's um, a
1: pew. It's not meant for comfort. The um kind of attachment note to this uh, story is that the birth of Lena follows a child's or follows a miscarriage that was reported at oh, Christmas time last rainbow. year. Yeah, so she was a rainbow baby. So that was cute. And of course, Harry and Meghan announced that they're expecting in the spring. And I have a conspiracy. Depending on when that baby comes along, they knew at the wedding that she was pregnant. Because at one point the archbishop says something about the purpose of marriage is to bear children and they shoot each other this cute little. Oh my God, they're so. And I'm like, she's pregnant. She is knocked the fuck up right now. And she is showing really big. If they're saying she's due in the spring for the size of her already, either it's like, Oh my God. Triplets, the belly cupping is just like over the top. Oh, she needs to stop that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like her, Yeah. Although I, sometimes I still do it, but it's just more <laughs> like food baby than anything else.
1: But it's really clear. Like she started doing it to like make a point and now she just can't stop. Like, I know hands off lady enough. The last news to talk about for the Royals was a, bit of a, an oddball. I don't think I'd ever heard of this um, before. And that is the news that the Duke of Edinburgh officially retired from public engagements this year.
0: That's because the handlers couldn't keep him from saying stupid shit.
1: <laughs> you mean awesome shit. Uh, the DOE is the Queen's husband. He was born in 1921 and is the only as the only son of the Prince of Greece and a princess of Denmark. He had to renounce his claim to both the Greek and Danish thrones in order to marry Elizabeth, who at the time was the heiress to the English throne. When he married Elizabeth, he was made Duke of Edinburgh, Earl of Marioneth and Baron of Greenwich. He was the patron or president of approximately 780 organizations, many of which were dedicated to scientific and technological R&D. Also sports, anything having to do with young people and the environment. He underwent hip surgery earlier this year, which was making public appearances challenging. That's a hard surgery to recover from, especially when you're 92 years old. The Queen is said to be completely supportive of his decision to retire from public life, but Kensington Palace notes that he still supports her in in her work. And they usually spend weekends together. So she doesn't like London all that much, and we'll go out to Windsor at any opportunity. And usually he's out there, so we'll spend the weekend together. Aww. But yeah, he's a bit of a loose cannon. Yeah, I think one of the best recently was he was with Will. It was shortly after Will got married, and they were taking they're in full uniform. They were taking photos with a bunch of military people, and I guess it was taking too long. And the photographer caught, well, there's cameras there, and uh, they have it on film of the prince getting, or the dude getting really fed up and just saying, will you take the fucking picture already? And they shot straight over to Will, and you could tell Will was just like, I love this man so much because he is just so crazy. <laughs>
0: like, he was At trying least he wasn't to making laugh. a racist comment.
1: Yes. He's a bit dicey around those edges too, but yes. So that is our year in review. Uh, we just hit highlights that interested us. We could be here for the next month talking about some of the crazy shit like they found water on mars yeah and apparently no one at nasa has ever seen that episode of doctor who and they're all excited about it whereas you and i both know that's a terrible idea Yeah,
0: don't 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 drink the water from mars don't don't touch the water from Mm -hmm. mars people
1: it's been a crazy year it has been 2018 in the books 2019 better smarten the fuck up
0: because but it was a good year for uh, you Mm. know it was a bad year for for women but it was also a good year we won some Nobel prizes CEOs of the first female CEO of the New York Stock Exchange happened this year. First CEO of CBC happened this year. Mm-hmm. Um, a bunch of really big movements for, for the ladies.
1: 2019, what are you hoping to see?
0: More sleep? Um. No. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, 2019, I hope will be better. I hope, uh, you know, personally. I don't know. I want my dad's heart surgery to, to happen quickly. Crossed, yeah. Uh, so my mother doesn't kill him. <laughs> Love you, Dad. Um, yeah, I just I just hope for a, a calmer year. You know, people, let's do better. Let's do better for ourselves. Let's do better for each other. I Come hope karma time. comes with a roaring fist for justice this year.
1: Right in the nuts. Yeah. Or the taco,
0: depending. Yeah. <laughs> you? What do you hope?
1: I just hope Mueller hurries the fuck up, cause. From all accounts, it's going to be a doozy when it drops, and they're starting to talk about impeachment already. They're starting to talk about annulments of appointments, because if you are an, an illegitimate president, everyone who you've appointed is no longer a legitimate appointment. Oh, wow. So that's two Supreme Court justices. It's a whole bunch of district court justices, um, cabinet positions, directorships. You might get the environment back on track. Probably not. It seems like the damage is done, but we can hurry it up or slow it down. That's all I hope for. You know, small things like world peace and curing and world t- hunger. Yeah. <laughs> on oh, Twitter, shutting the fuck down.
0: <laughs> I'm not on Twitter. So smart move. <laughs> I'm just on Instagram <laughs> and Facebook.
1: So you want to tell people where they can find us?
0: Uh, so you can find us uh, online at our website, uh, rabbit holes podcast, um, uh, you can find us on Instagram, which is also Rabbit Holes Podcast, Facebook, which is Rabbit Holes Podcast page, and Twitter, which is just Rabbit Holes Pod. Yes. Uh, you can support us on Patreon um, by visiting either our webpage page um, and clicking on the support tab or going to Patreon and searching us. We're Rabbit Holes Podcast. Mm-hmm. You can also rep us out in the big bad world with some merch, which we have on our Redbubble page. You can either find that on our website under the merch tab or uh, searching rabbit holes pod on Redbubble. Mm -hmm.
1: And in addition to the podcast, we are running a blog as well, where we take a quick look at some short little stories that don't justify a full episode. So go and check that out as well. Let us know what you think. And if you have some time, uh, leave us a good rating or a good review on iTunes, Stitcher and or wherever you are getting this uh, podcast. Hopefully Google Play gets their shit together in 2019 and lets you do ratings. And hopefully we'll sort out the whole Spotify thing at some point. Yes. Uh, I think I'm going to go a single white female on their ass and just like stalk them until it happens. But we'll see uh so leave us a good rating or review and uh suggest us to friends and family because that's how people find their podcasts these days shout out to our australian listeners i know australia was big a few people in vietnam poland this week i don't know anybody in poland and neither do i but there's one person in poland who's binging us they're up to six or seven episodes as of this afternoon
0: and a shout out to all of my family in newfoundland who
1: <laughs> is uh supporting me god love you all the entire province is apparently
0: listening to us at this point (laughs) yeah love you all i'm really surprised some of you figured ahead to listen to it (laughs) but we appreciate you but we appreciate you
1: (laughs) so there's only one last thing to do and that's to remind you that if you don't know where you're going any road will take you there bye guys bye